so many people confuse pleasure, right? There's gratification and happiness. Uh, very true. Right. So many people confuse, right? Because this person pursued pleasure. 600 pounds, short-term morbidly obese, short-term pleasure and gratification for 30 years. I'm I'm stoked that I, Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I followed every impulse and used zero self-discipline to eat every food that I ever wanted unrestrained. They pursued pleasure. They didn't pursue happiness. And whenever, this is the thing, whenever you pursue pleasure, you are going to end up the opposite of happy. That's what I'm saying. Is but that, when you pursue yeah. wisdom, when you pursue wisdom, you get happiness, you get long life, yes. and you get rich. Sure. But so many people are pursuing rich. Rich. What do they end up? Depressed. Poor. Poor. Maybe they yeah. are rich and then they're riddled with anxiety that they're going to lose the money. So many people pursue, you know, all. but when you pursue wisdom, just like you have, you then begin to slowly, day in, day out, grow into a person that is happy because you're pursuing but, wisdom. But you're not pursuing happiness. Because I, I realized recently is because I delayed gratification. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by changemakers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I am your host, Lucas Scrobot, and today we have with us a guest who I was on his show. I aired the episode here on Own the Future, Hussam from Let's Take This Online podcast. When I was on his show, um, we had a great talk about education and what that means, what education should be, what it is. And today we are talking about uh, some deep subjects that I really love that I, you know, they're crucial to our lives that we talk about here on Own the Future over and over and over again. That's taking responsibility, this idea of fate and destiny. Uh, we talk about happiness and pursuing wisdom rather than pursuing pleasure. We it's this episode as I've been editing through it and listening back to it. I love it. And I know that if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, that you are going to be loving the content, the thoughts, the conversation, the banter back and forth of this episode. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Own the Future. I'm learning a lot. Because the thing, the thing is, I'm, sometimes I go against my nature. Like you have to, I realize that my pocket is only three months old. And yeah. Sometimes I get like, I'd be like, oh, why am I not at 10,000? I'm like, come on. Then I tell myself, okay, be realistic. Mm-hmm. You're three months in. You're playing the long game here. You have to, but then like, don't you ever, don't you ever get there? Like sometimes you get impatient and you're going oh, to have to, always re- get impatient. you have to regulate yourself. Be like, all right, relax. I you always get impatient, yeah. but it's, you know, drip, drip, drip mm. versus sandblaster. Yeah. Right. And culture is shaped by drip, 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 not by sandblasters. 100%. So I think you're, I mean, if you're in the high, hun- like the, the 100, first, 300, 400. It's just the first episode hit like 600. That's awesome. But that because the guy, shout out to Chris, he killed it. And the first episode I think is always, always yeah. best. Because no, it's, mm. there's the hype, not, yeah. not necessarily best quality, mm. but there's the hype of, oh, there's something new. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's yeah. something new. I want to go listen and see what this new thing yeah. is. And then afterwards yeah. it drops. But also that guy went like, he, he like circulated into his company, for example, wow. which is a huge guy. Like he guy, the guy went over and beyond. I'd even ask him to. That's incredible. But then, and then it just 
completely dropped. And then it went back. Then that's when I was still experimenting between one episode a week, then two episodes a week, then three. And then when I did three episodes, then it pinged back up again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that when the second I went to three, something happened. I'm like, okay, people are wanting to listen. It pinged back up. I'm expecting one episode to do very well, an upcoming one. So yours did well. I'm, a, I'm over 100. Over it's 100. Awesome. 100. I was really happy because I also, awesome. also the content, you saw the content I was making. I love the content we made out of yeah. it. I was really yeah. happy with that. And uh, there's one, there's an influencer on TikTok that I connected to. She has like 1.2 million followers. Wow. Just the post where I said I did a podcast with her, just that post organically on LinkedIn got eight to 10,000 views. It's incredible. Just that post. I even put the episode up. I think I'm going to put it up next week. So we'll see how it does. That's incredible. Yeah. She's That's amazing. She's killing it. She's 18 years old. On TikTok. 1.2 million followers. But she, but she is the one of the few influencers I've ever seen who's actually playing a LinkedIn game at her age. Really? So she's appearing on other people's uh, podcasts. She's, she adds a bunch of people. Like, man, she's respect her. I'm a, wow. Yeah. I was really, really impressed. What's her name? Jade Vincent, based out of Canada. She's British. That's amazing. Uh, based out of Canada. It's her dad, uh, her stepdad's really smart. He's like pushing her on LinkedIn because she wants to like be the TikToker for brands. Smart. Very. Very smart. Yeah. Crushing it. Oh, man. So much respect. What caused you to get into, you know, doing your show, doing podcasts? What's kind of that? What was that? Okay, it was, it, it originally started, I was in the media industry, right? And, and now you work on programmatic and, and I know that you've said that you don't really work on that publishing, content creation, no. kind of copy, storytelling, brand side. You work on programmatic. Advertiser side. Advertising side. For a lot of people out there who probably heard the term programmatic, yeah. what does that mean for them? Like, All right, to talk about programmatic, I think we have to talk about the history of advertising a bit. So the first ad that ever came out was 1994 or five. It was an AOL ad. It was a leaderboard, a long, a long rectangle, and it basically just said, click here. That's all, flashing red lights, and it got a 50% CTR, which, amazing. which is amazing. CTR is clicks over impressions. So CTR is click-through rate, right? Click-through rate, which is clicks over impressions. Clicks over impressions. Impressions being all the times your ad is seen. Yeah. All right. So that was the first ad. Okay. Then you had, then websites started making advertising, right? And then you had obviously Google come in and have Google AdWords, right? Which basically started opening up these networks and you can, instead of targeting one website directly, you can target a thousand Mm -hmm. or 10,000. Then there was something called programmatic, which basically brought together ad exchanges, which basically like online marketplaces that comprise of networks, comprise of thousands and tens and millions of websites. For people to buy automatically. That's so that would be program. like, for instance, and this is super simplest, yeah. simplistic, it would be like Yahoo and MSN, BC and some other website, yeah. they have space on their website 100%. and they're all plugged into a certain ad exchange where they say, hey, we have space on our website and we're willing to sell it to someone. But more on an audience side, for example, hey, I have a female 20 to 35 who's interested, I don't know, in fashion who just came on my website, who wants to serve an ad to her. And then then 500 people would be bidding. Advertisers like L'Oreal and all, would all be bidding. Mm-hmm. And it all happens within the nanosecond that you open up a website, which is insane yeah. to think about. So that's, really that, that's an ad exchange, a programmatic. So when I got into media and I transitioned from offline to online, I realized there was no content. Early, when, probably by my third year in media, I realized that there was no content locally, right? So you have your content outside, then you have people like Neil Patel who creates a huge amount of SEO and uh, SEO uh, content mm-hmm. out there, but there's no one in the Middle East who creates content on digital. And the thing is, you don't realize there's a lot of frustration to the digital industry we have here. A lot of things people don't know. So I naturally love to learn. It's the it's the premise of probably my life. I mm-hmm. love to learn. What's re- some of your your learning habits on a, on a daily basis when you go into the office? I go to office an hour early. 
And what do you do? I read. And so you just, you know, you just scroll through Facebook, no. Instagram. So what do you... when it comes to media, I go to specific pages. I go to uh, I go to Adweek, AdAge, AdExchanger, Digiday, uh, The Verve, um, Drum. And how do you, how do you, I mean, because there's a sea of content yeah. on all those things. Sure. What is your system to taking that and then actually, do, are you reading online? Are you printing them I'm off? Printing. Are you taking them home? Are you highlighting, so, making so notes? So what I do is, I get, so an hour early, I go, I skim it and I go to the specific sections that I want. So I'll go, for example, to DigiDay. I'll go to, for example, their section called Programmatic Marketer, mm-hmm. where it talks about programmatic. And I also love their confession series where they talk to confession, like, like people that don't want to give their names. Yeah, yeah. I love those series. Now I'll go to Ad Exchanger and I'll skim that and I'll choose the articles I want. I'll, then I'll print it and then I'll highlight right and then I take it home. Yeah. But I do this every day. And when you take it home, what do you do? I analyze it, then I write notes down. And then end of every week, I go back and I re- I look at those notes again and then try to write content on those notes. And where is that content showing up? Uh, in my written, so my published articles usually okay. comes from that. So I publish articles. I try to do, I'm trying to write once a week. It's not becoming once every two weeks. So I, try, I get published mostly on Communicate Middle East. Okay. But I have, I've been published on Campaign and I've also been published on uh, Arabian Marketer. Amazing. Yeah, so I'm, that's that's how I do it. So, but this this only happened recently. So, but when I first was getting into it, just go back a bit, is I always wanted to learn, and I realized there's no content. So then I started, you know, recording. I said, I, I love podcasts. I always love podcasts. Yeah, especially like people like Joe Rogan, all the comedians, Chris D'Elia, Theo Vaughn, uh, these kind of podcasts. Also, Tim Ferriss, all of these guys. Um, and I realized I, I would love to do a podcast, but I used to be, and then I'm like, oh, I don't have the equipment. I got nothing. So I'm like, you know what? Forget that. I got Apple earphones. I downloaded Anchor. And record seven episodes, which was mainly a monologue about me ranting about digital. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I even got, I don't know, I got maybe 10 to 30 listens. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And then people talk to me about it. Be like, I heard your podcast. Like I made a supplier. I'm like, okay, interesting. Like I, and I did like no posting. Like I barely posted, like maybe just on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. Something's here. Right, people care about content about the media world and the digital world. So that's what I'm like. Okay, enough excuses. Uh, don't try to take it up another level. So I got some budget equipment, hundred bucks. Bought a Behringer mixer off of eBay because I knew a new one's like a couple hundred bucks. So I got a Behringer mixer off of eBay for like forty bucks. I want to bid. I got two Behringer mics, an audio uh, interface, mm-hmm. the Focusrite. All altogether, everything was budget off of bids on eBay. Shipped to here, and I started like, okay, let me have guests on. And that's when I started having guests on and it was very digital focused. But then I realized I want to learn about other things outside of digital too, because I'd like to meet other people. So then I started getting different people but on. But still very, your content, is it still very focused in the ad, marketing, mm. communication, brand, um, PR, sales world? It's very focused. I think it's now kind of evolved because I realized one thing, no matter what you do in life, there's content, no matter what you do. So I think the over, then, so, so for example, I've had advent, Adventurous on, I've had um, mm-hmm. um, Ryan, Ryan on, who's, who's awesome. And then, and then he came on, he does, he does BBC documentaries. So obviously he creates content. So then I try to bring the conversation back to how he distributes and markets that content. But right. I still want to listen to other things. For example, I had three uh, historians on, for example, Dr. Vernon Peterson for University of Sharjah, who basically studied communist Russia. That's his, that's his, that's his specialty. I love socialism and right? communism. It was an awesome podcast. And then I was, because he creates, he, cre- he creates uh, papers, right? Obviously dissertations and stuff. So I yeah. talked to him, at the end, I would talk to him how he like puts it out there. Yeah. That, that's kind of thing, right? So that's got, So it still has that theme though, that even theme though will, you're taking, you yes. know, tangential Very. content, you know, if you're yeah. still pulling it into. Because no matter what you do, there's content. You have to put that content out there. You have to totally. market it. You have, to, you have to distribute it. So that's become now my theme. But I only realized this very recently. 
Yeah. For me, it was just about who do I feel like talking to today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, which is interesting, people always ask me about, well, we had a whole conversation, is how much work do you do beforehand? I try to do as little work as I can. Mm-hmm. Not, I, it's not about laziness. I think it's just about I try to create content and distribute as quick as I can, and I can't do that. Do you feel like your work suffers, though, because of it? Not really. I, like, I'm, I'm lucky I'm in client side, so I finish every day at six. Well, not, not that work. Uh, do you feel like the quality, quality. of your, the questions that you ask, mm. how you approach the guest, the, your your depth that you're able to go in leading the guest into stuff, don't you feel like maybe it's suffering because mm. you, and obviously it's, to your point, it's maybe you don't have that capacity to put in two mm. to three, four hours of research before having a guest, but how much do you feel like it's impacted the mm. quality of your content I don't know if, in I don't know your if it, pursuit of quantity. I, I don't know if it I don't know if it's dropped it to be honest. Because I realized when I first started out, it was I would we talked about this as well, is I used to do full scripts and then I moved to bullet points. And I felt I wasn't happy with that. My quality wasn't as strong as it was then. But in an interview, that's very different. It is. But I but the thing is I don't know if mine's an interview. Mine is just a big tangent. And it just goes the way it goes. And and then it comes down to my skill to lead it. Right. So here here's a here's an example. Yeah. When I came on your show, you didn't know the name of my podcast. True. So, like, don't you feel like that, you know, if that's what you're doing with every guest and you don't have kind of an idea, okay, this is a story arc. And again, this is mm. coming from my side where I think I'm not in the, 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 distri- like, my weak point is distribution. Mm. My weak point is how do you get it out there? How do you get it to you know, the PR that yeah. does that. So that's where my weak point is. But where my strong point is, I think of, okay, what's the story arc? Where mm. do I want to bring? So that's, again, it's a little critical, but I'm coming from my side no, of it. No, I get you. So how how much do you feel like that actually time is spent on things that if you put that research mm. in, you'd be able to get three or four layers deeper with True. your guests to get richer content True. out of them. But I kind of wanted to go down the route of I'm learning on the spot. Mm. That's just, I, so I want almost like I a fly pur- sitting on the wall at a coffee I, shop. I, while I purposely you're- wanted to go down that route because I, because I realized when I, when I compared, when I don't know things about my guests versus when I did, mm-hmm. I felt that you can feel it in the way I was talking that I, I don't know. I just, the moment where I go, Oh wow. And I learned something about you. You can really feel it. And I think that's, and then my listeners, we kind of learn together. Gotcha. That's kind of, that's basically what I wanted. Right. So I, pur- I purposely don't want to learn. I purposely don't want to learn because I want to learn when I talk to you. And then I then that way on the spot I could come I could think about the direction I want to go then on the spot. But don't don't you I mean don't you feel like in a way as a as an interviewer you are there to extract valuable content to mm. your audience and to your listener and everything that and it's the same with same with programmatic, True. right? It's, I have a 22-year-old girl who likes whatever, Chanel. You know what she is looking for, and so then you provide a relevant ad. Sure. So, But I'm going to challenge you on that one. So if you do it that way, that means you've predetermined your content before that person. This is where dynamic content comes to play, which kind of is like on the fly. Right, well, I'm saying, but if you know know who you're talking to, obviously, you know the demo, like you have... Because that's what the cookie showing. The cookie showing the demographic sure. data that you have from third-party sure. data on that individual. And then there's a marketplace that says, yeah, I want to get in front of that person, right? Yeah. 
And so in some ways, it's like that tangent of you know who your audience sure. is and how much are you does your content suffer because you're not able mm. to say, hey, I'm coming to you. I'm not an expert. I'm learning with you. I've discovered there's certain things that's buried deep in this person's expertise that's going to be valuable to you as a listener. But then I just don't look at it that way. I kind of look at it as that if you're if you're an expert at something, it will come out, right? It will come like it will come out through the conversation. For me, I don't look at my podcast as an interview. For me, it's a conversation. Mm. It's like I'm hey, it's like hey, let's go grab a beer, let's go grab a coffee, whatever, and we go do that, and we sit and talk, and I get to know you as a person. But instead of that, it's just recorded. That's how I look at it. Like, I love the tangent we went off on. Totally. I love it. It was com- uh, completely winged it, right? We got into a topic that I was learning about and something that you had a, good, you had a pretty strong opinion about. But do you and know, I learned on the spot But about do you it. know that I came prepared? There you go. Right? But, so, so that's the thing. Like, I came in not thinking, well, he's going to ask me questions, I'll answer. I came in saying, I know what I want to talk about. I have an agenda. I know how to get there. And I know if it goes down these three ways, I know how I'm going to turn the conversation to say the things that I want to say. So you came in knowing you want to talk about education? I came in knowing, doing your research on your show, I know what you're going to ask me first. Yeah. Well, and so I know where I'm going to lead with. And I know the content and the value that, well, that I want to bring. Re- that's a reflection on you. Like on your on your skills there. Right. Right. But for me, I think when you go back and listen to the podcast, you can tell my voice, the way I was going. I'm like, I was really happy. Totally. And I feel, totally. it was and a great I feel, and I feel that's why the episode does well. You can tell, you can, if you listen to a few of my episodes, you can tell when, when Hassam is bored or when Hassam is like not interested and or cause. Exactly. So that's my point. And that, that. So uh, if you did research, wouldn't you be able to then know I'm bored? I'm not interested in these topics. So I'm going to ask. Not ask those questions, but ask these other questions I would, to get But then to I would, on the spot, try to take it to another tangent. And then that guest will just not bounce off of me. And that's where you really feel the drop. Mm. So, I, so I've, I've, I've developed, okay, I'm, not, I'm not great. I'm I mean, not the, to interview, it's difficult. Yeah. It is difficult to sit down and run a conversation. It is. In but a I'm way a, that's meaningful to a listener. But I'm, but, but I'm doing it in a way that's meaningful to me, and that way it will be meaningful to the listener. But that makes a huge assumption on your audience. Sure. That makes the assumption that you are your tar- target audience, right? Or the people who listen to me are, th- are people who, who want to learn the, th- the things I want to learn. Right. Right. Well, I don't want, I don't want, because in the end, you always go down to a niche audience. Yes. So I, I, want, I want an audience that wants to learn. Yes. That's, that's who I, you know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want an audience to come with, the, like, I just want to learn. That's, that's how I go into every so you're, meeting. So you're trying to, you're, you know, if. If you you were brand architecting yourself, you would be the everyman kind of archetype, where you are relating with everyone. You're you're not coming in as an expert. You're coming in as I'm just trying to learn too. Yeah. I'm just like you. I'm on this learning journey. If you want to learn with as me. I learn on my learning journey, then you're welcome to. And 100%. if you don't, then it's you know whatever. That's, cool. that's fine. But then I, at the end, that's where I try to bring in my expertise. When it comes to the content, the marketing, the digital, that's where I try to. So a lot of my guests, I'll ask is, all right, cool. How are you putting out your content? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Mm-hmm. That's where I try to then bring my expertise. Where you're trying to bring value. Bring value to, to the listener and to the guest. So you're trying, so the way that you try to bring value to the listener is by bringing value to the guest in essentially asking questions or consulting, digging mm. deep on the areas that you are right, an expert exactly. in so that the listener can be like, oh, I didn't think of doing it that way. Yeah. So I, I think about it as a value exchange. I, there's three there's three parties. I want everyone to come out uh, benefiting somehow. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm equally selfish because I want to learn. 
Yeah. That's my value. I want to leave. I love leaving that conversation. Be like, I learned something today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll be taking notes because I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Like I took a ton of notes with us, right? You can see me typing away because I'm learning stuff. Then I'll go back and revisit those notes and then I'll learn some more. Mm-hmm. So I try to leave every conversation with like, all right, I learned. I try to leave every conversation knowing, all right, my guest hopefully learned something from me. And then I left her leave it being, I hope the listener learned now, from were, both of us. Were you always, have you always been like that no. as a learner or was there a, what, what caused you, what place were you in before, even we were talking about, you know, you're working hard on your health, on your Our fitness. Son. And I know you, so what was, what was your life like before? And what was that kind of okay. epiphany moment that caused so this is this is where this, this is where you did your homework. Yes, it is. <laughs> Respect. I don't like that. So it's very simple. Uh, I was a lazy student my entire life. Your entire life. I would coast. I used. I always used to love to learn, but I never really wants to put the effort to learn. Mm. Right. I used to love to imagine if there was a magic pill that would teach me everything. I would take it in a heartbeat. It was just passive learning. Passive learning. If someone right? can spoon it into my mouth, I'll do it, and I happen to swallow it, then yeah. great. I was. I was. I just didn't want to do the work. Right. I just yeah. didn't want to. All right. And growing up, I had a lot of confidence issues. I was never the cool kid, right? I used to get bullied a lot, you know, growing up. And I think that affected me in the university. And then when I got into my, into my work life, I, I just didn't, I just wasn't, I was never, I was, I always thought I was ambitious, but I would never do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I would make every excuse in the book. Mm. Every, I always tell people is I've, whatever excuse you've done, I've probably done it. I've ever, like all the excuses I've probably made, I said, whatever excuse, name it, I've done it, right? Yeah. My dog ate it. I've used that one before, right? And I even have a dog in Lebanon. Most people know I'm in Lebanon, living in an apartment. It's whatever excuses I've made it. So I got to a point, I was 26 years old. I was in Dubai. I was living in JVC at the time. I had no money. I was heavily in debt. I had, I remember even to the point is I had to like, take water from work. I couldn't afford water. It's crazy. Imagine people listening think Dubai is all that. I was living in Dubai. And being in debt in Dubai is no joke. I was, That's scary. I, I was in Dubai and I couldn't afford water. So you can't file bankruptcy here. No, I'll get kicked out of the country. Well, you get kicked into jail, right? The jail, then out of the country. And then out yeah, of the country. Yeah. After, so, is it, but is it, don't you have to pay your debts to get out of jail first before you get kicked I out? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. And then you have to pay That's, for your own ticket out. Probably. <laughs> no, for sure. Not probably. I know this. Uh, well, I hope I never, hopefully, hope I never got to that point. We got out of that one. So I was broke. I remember I had just broken my leg. Oh I couldn't afford water. And I was in Dubai. I'm like, something's wrong here. Something's obviously How really did wrong. that, like in that moment, how did that feel? The worst feeling in the world. Describe that worst feeling. An empty pit of despair. I was, uh, you, you, I've hit, I hit mental, financial physical rock bottom. Just a dark, cold no, very, pit alone. I cried, I cried, cried, my, cried myself for days. Gosh. It's a sad place to be. And at, at that point, I realized Gosh. something has to change. It has to be me. It can't be external. How, how, what, you know, you said something ultra profound right there. Yeah. That I want to pause on. You sure. said something had to change and it had 100%. to be me. There are millions of people around the world that get that first part of the sentence right. Yeah. Something has to change. Yeah. Not often do they equate it to, no. and it has to be me. What was that? Because tra- I used to be the person that something had to change and it was always someone else had to change or the world had to change. I've, so I've done that. I've done that first sentence and it, usually, it would never end with me. I had to change my job. It's the job not treating well. All right. Okay. Well, it's my girlfriend. How did you time. finally? Because I, because it's just. What was the mo- Who it, did it, you talk to? What no was one. it? It's just, I kept thinking about it. Who can I blame now? Mm. It was literally, who can I blame now? And there was no one left to blame. So you're crying yourself to sleep and yeah. you're thinking, who, 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 who's whose left to fault blame? is this? Who's left to blame? Who's left to blame? And I you just realize it's you. It's me. So something has to change. 
right? So in that moment is that I realized that I can't doodle. I have, I was, I don't know, maybe it's an Arab thing. I was like, it's hard to ask for help as an Arab maybe. Or the guy, I don't know. It's yeah. hard to ask for help, right? It might be Arab, it might be guy, could, it might be, be global. Could, I know could, a lot of people. Or, that or it might just be Hassan, right? It could, could be all the factors. And I realized that that point is I have a lot of negativity in my head. I have to drown it out with positivity. Mm. And, it, it's, and I don't have the positivity. So that's where I started listening to people like Gary Vee, listening mm-hmm. to Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast very heavily. People like um, David Goggins, right? So I just listened every day, every second. And I just drowned out negativity with positivity. That was just pure quantity of positivity overwhelmed the negativity. And no, that's where change started. But now a lot of guys and a lot of people don't like Gary Vee. They're like, so. he just says the same works, thing yeah. over and over sure. again. What is it that you even like about him? Because he don't has- do you think he's just kind of like vain, showboating, superficial? I don't know. Do you know why I like him? I think also because he's in the media world, which mm-hmm. resonates with me. That resonates with me. Right. And then David Goggins' stories resonated with me because he was very overweight and then he got into ultra marathon running and then everything in life was against him. Right. So you got to find, I, for me, it's just, you I found, found those the, I found those guys that if I just listened to them long enough, the negativity just got drowned out. So, but again, so that kind of seems a little passive to me. And I, yeah. in some ways, I don't believe you. Okay. In that there has, like, for sure, if you change your environment, that's going to help. And it sounds like you're saying, I, worked really hard to change my environment, mm-hmm. but were there steps that you took on a daily basis yes. as you were consuming this content? No, I was just consuming and doing nothing else. I started doing then stuff. And what were you doing? All right. Uh, got a journal. Mm-hmm. I started writing down my emotions and my thoughts. Because I, I, I'm a person, I would keep everything inside and then it would erupt negatively, right? So I started writing those out. Mm. That really helped me to try to articulate my feelings and my, my thoughts. So that was a good first step. Then I started realizing I have a lot of people around me you know, friends that were just, every time I'm around them, I'm even more negative. And then we kind of feed off each other's negativity. Yeah. And it became like a, it's like a bouncing game of, uh, oh, it's, yeah. like, it's like negative Misery hot potato, right? Comp- company, yeah. right? So I don't, I don't realize, all right, maybe it's just I have to cut out some people from my life. And I did. I had to. For me, I had to. I had friends of many years. I had a friend of 15 years. I realized when I'm around him, he's just, we're, I'm not a good guy. He's not a good guy. Like we just don't, we, we just don't, we, are, we don't help each other grow. When, we, when I'm around him, I just love to complain because he loves to complain and we just complain. And then when I'm, then when I was really down, he wasn't there because I, because you, you have expectations from friends. I realized, yeah. I realized, all right, cool. We don't have expectations for anyone. And I'm like, okay, this person, I just can't be his friend. Cut him out of my life. 15 years. Right. Sadly, it is what it is. And a lot, then once I got rid of negative people from my life and then I started hanging out, not maybe not hang out, but just trying to get closer to people who I felt were winners or more positive people. I started learning and listening. All right, cool. Maybe he's doing something different than me. So I did a lot of those steps, right? And then one big thing for me was accountability. Accountability. I looked myself in the mirror. I said, all right, Hassam, you're fat. Okay, you have to accept it. You're not big boned. It's, it's not like, what, you're not that's Cartman. honesty. Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're not Cartman. You're like raw honest yeah. with yourself. 100%. You're fat. All right, cool. You're lazy. You don't want to work. You want to make excuse. I literally listed off everything wrong with me to my face. Yeah. And I, I okay, these are, this before I, I, would, I would think about it and then like kind of, oh, that's not me. So many people, so many people yeah. don't want to face the truth, right? Oh, oh yeah. The truth sucks. They just, we, we believe this facade about yeah. ourselves and. Mm. Well, the truth sucks. The truth does suck. Yeah. And, and uh, it's the only path to freedom. hundred percent. I used to be like, all right, I'm only fat now. I won't be fat next year. For example, I'll work out next year. My diet starts tomorrow. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll work, work out tomorrow. Work out next year. Oh, you know what? You're not doing well this job. Just, just get another job. Right. For, you know what I mean? So I used to do all those excuses. Mm. And, and I'm like, all right, you have to stop finding ways out of these. You just got to face the truth. And I want to tell myself, all right, you're, you're this problem, you're this problem, you're this problem, you're all these. Now, okay, now you can't escape it. 
start to change, mm. right? And I realized the second I did that, my relationships with people close to me improved significantly, right? Like with my with with my parents, for example, right? Like I how did my, that? How did your relationship with your parents specifically? For example, improve? I used to always blame like my dad for everything wrong. Oh my! My dad didn't do this when I was a kid. My dad didn't do this. Okay, so would no. you blame it to his face? I eventually I spoke to him about this like three years ago, where I told him I used to do this, but I don't I, I don't I do that anymore. Right. So I kind of got rid of all that. Did you when you in that conversation I had, like, with your false dad? Resentment. Did you kind of like say, "Hey, dad, I'm so like"? Did you like apologize to him for like you? Because if yeah. you're doing that, that's putting a wedge in your relationship. Hundred percent. So me and my dad had a bad relationship throughout my twenties. And you blamed him. I blamed him for everything. Naturally. You know what I mean? And, and then once I got rid of all that anger, I wrote, wrote it down. I, I, you know, I, I just let it go. I used to be a person. I'd hold grudges against you. Yeah. Hey man, I messed you. You didn't answer me back. I'd hold that grudge for weeks. Oh man. It's not good. It's so toxic. It's so toxic. <laughs> yeah. It hurts you. I used to be like, oh, for my twenties. It was very toxic. Once I got rid of all that. Right. Oh And man. also one thing that also helped me as well. I used to care about what everyone thinks about me, especially family. And then I, then I started working on myself as where I don't care what anyone thinks about me, but truly not just saying it. Like I truly, I got to a point is I don't care what my family thinks about me. It's all what I think about myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Once I worked on all these different things, then I got to a point, I'm like, you know what? All the anger is gone now. All the resentment's gone. Everything's gone. Now me and my dad, we're best friends. Like he's actually visiting me. He just arrived last night. I'm super happy. Yeah. We're going to go to Abu Dhabi for a week and we're going to have That's a great awesome. time. So like today, so now from 26 to 31, my relationship with my father specifically improved drastic like thousands of percent like wow. my dad's my best friend today that's I'm so amazing happy. that you're able to say that yeah he's actually my best friend today wow like i i, I hate it when he goes back to lebanon it bothers wow. me i wish he would come out and live with me i try to get him every time that's incredible you know I mean? that's so, incredible so all those improved and then obviously then my relationship with women improved. it all improved because you took ownership 100 percent, and you took 100 yeah. percent responsibility was, said this is everything's my fault i'm it's my fault yeah everything's my fault accept it no matter what it is in life if something's happening to you it's all your fault yeah. deal with it Anything that negative that's happening in your life, it's your fault. And positive. If something's positive, it's probably someone else's fault. <laughs> no, something no, if something's positive is because... No, no, if something's positive is happening in your life... Uh, being like right now, something's positive <laughs> happening in my life today, it's because I did it. No. Uh, I think so. Uh -uh. <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think anything positive in your life is, is, is a... Is, I think it might be a byproduct, but that means it's a byproduct. There's someone else that is actually... Like in mm. leadership. Okay. If you're the leader of a company... Sure. Something goes wrong. Whose fault is yours. it? Yours. It's yours. If something goes right, who's who's responsible for the thing going right? Your team. team. Same thing in life. No, if, if you made, if you made, yeah, yeah. if you walked out of this and made a million dollars from this episode for whatever yeah, reason, yeah. I don't know. I'll maybe you like you, you, but <laughs> but you would be able to say that's that's not based on your success, and it's not even. It's partly based on. Maybe because you were on the show, but it's also because there was one person or a million people right. who decided to celebrate our out, success. Or celebrity out there heard it, Drake heard it, and then posted about it, and we got a million, we got a million listeners, right? right? So our success is always, yeah, but for example, always reliant on other people. You go to the gym every day to work out. End of the month, you're, you're, you're better, in terms of better in shape. That's, that's, a, that's a product of your effort. It's a product of your effort, yeah. and that there is a gym. And a so gym owner who is generous enough to risk and put, yeah. in, that, in, I, that, in that case, it's not a hundred percent. hairs. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I find it interesting when you look at that in, in your life as it's the same thing that we're saying mm. really just in a different light. But when I take responsibility for the things that go wrong and then I give credit where credit due is due, whether it's 
whether it's to your faith mm. or whether it's to your family, your relationship, your network, your team, yeah. to where things are going good, I think that all of a sudden, in some ways, alleviates some pressure mm. from this an- anxious kind of like working, believing that it's mm. all, that the positive results are all on our shoulders. I get you. No, it makes a lot of sense in that case. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But for me, for me, it's the negativity. Like, yeah. what, what goes wrong, take accountability for it. Like, even the small thing, just because if you don't take accountability for it, then you can't change it. Yeah. If it's always someone else's fault, then you, you can't, can't change it. Because you're a victim. Then you're just a victim. Yeah. And victimhood was something that I also had in me as well. So I had to get rid of that as well. I hate victimhood. And so, it affected me very badly. Yeah. So I need to get rid of that as well. Yeah. So all those together over the last four or five years, I'm 31 now, so it started with 26 was a grueling four or five years of, mm-hmm. of con- I still do today, constant improvement and constant self-reflection and awareness and all that. But then so my life changed massively. You're in that dark hole. You're crying yourself to yeah. sleep. You realize- I have to I, change. I have to change. You start doing all this work. You yeah. start going through, like r- realizing that it's yeah. your fault. You're apologizing to family. You're, yeah. you're making things right. What- what caused you, like, is it, was, was it gradually in that process that caused you to then begin to take healthier actions to build that light, to like, mm. to get your health in order? Is it just like a gradual process? Yeah, of course. It's every day. So basically I would look back every month, all right, there's been some improvements, keep improving, keep improving. Keep, and I look back on the year. So every year for me since 20, since to what, um, what's five years ago, 2014, every year has been a better year. While every year before that was a worse and worse year. And what, maybe the the better way I need to ask that yeah. question was what what in there changed from you being a passive learner to a hungry learner? I think it's it's the seeing the result of 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 learning, right? So you, you become like addicted to the result, mm. for example, right? So you started out small and then yeah. you started seeing results yeah. from your learning. Yeah. Like for example, like if we take just like health. So I've dropped 20 kilos in six, seven months, right? Congratulations. Thanks, man. And 20 more to go. So I'm still a long way to go, right? But I'm in the new suit. That's like two sizes smaller, so I'm super happy. Wow. 20 more to go. Uh, that's the goal. So when I first lost the first kilo, that felt great. That feeling is very addictive. Mm-hmm. Then you lose the next one. Then you lose 10. Then you lose 20. That's the feeling that keeps me going. It's also the, so it's not only just the result. I really like the process because I've been documenting the process. So when I write in my journal every day, I'm, not, I'm documenting the process of me growing. I'm enjoying the process as well. And that's not, that documentation isn't even like, Showing the world on no, it's my journal. No it. It's like it's your own personal no, no, documentation. It's mine. It's mine. Not, not even my wife reads. This is mine. Yeah, my my journal is only for me. But a lot of people talk about documentation. Like I'm documenting my process, yeah. and they're, you know, taking selfies on Instagram yeah. or TikTok. But I love that you're using that word document documenting your process as as a private thing between you yeah. and yourself. Now, now for example, I'm, I'm exploring TikTok, exploring all these all these channels where I'm trying to document, for example, things I'm learning to help others, but there's some things I'm learn I, I reflect on myself. Yeah. It's just for me. Yeah. And no one else. Not even my wife sees it. No one's gonna see yeah, it. Yeah, you're not oversharing because no. there's some people out there no. that are like oversharing. This it's is my like personal awkward. this is my personal journal and only I will ever see it. So I've I heard that you like Jordan Peterson. Yes. Who's a very controversial. Very. Especially here in this region. I, really, I, just, I, don't, I never got the controversy here. I know he's huge, very controversial in the States. Very Europe, controversial in the States. I've, I've heard, you know, many people say from this region, don't listen to him. Really? Okay, he's I never toxic. That. He's horrible. He's going right. to destroy your life. He's a horrible person. What do you say to that? I say, I just don't see it. 
I guess maybe it's your perception. For me, he he his book, for example, Twelve Rules, uh, Twelve Rules to Life, and all, all and I forgot the rest of the title. Anyway, uh, was 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 also really important because he there's a lot of things. So I I read Jordan Peterson maybe a year or so into my transformation journey, mm-hmm. right? So we're on 27. And there was a lot of things that quickly resonated with me. For example, one of his lessons is make your own bed. Yeah. That one made a lot of sense to me. So explain what does make your own bed Basically mean? is before you go out criticizing the world, mm-hmm. make your own bed, like like work on yourself. That's why I look at it. But there's a lot of issues in the world. Sure. Like but, there's a lot of things that's but before, messed up. Before I go to you and be like, hey, go hit the gym, go do this, go do that. But don't I'll you think it's myself. don't you think it's the government's responsibility to take care of people? No, I think you you have to take care of yourself. What do you mean? I think I think everyone has to be accountable for that. This whole comes out that you have to be accountable for yourself. No one's going to take care of you. Take care of yourself. But what about people you know who maybe can't take care of themselves? Obviously, there's obviously a person who's disabled, right? Obviously, cannot take care of themselves. Well, not even like maybe they're not even disabled, but like. Isn't it the government's responsibility to provide jobs for people? Isn't it the government's well, if responsibility? A free, if you're to, working in a free market society, it's the market. It, it's it's not the government, right? Unless you, you know, what I mean, it depends on what 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 viewpoint of government intervention you're looking at. Will the government go to a media company and be like, open more jobs? No. If the economy is doing better, the government's job is supposed to make a healthy help help the country grow through for example infrastructure market commerce all that and that in turn will grow an industry which in turn will create more jobs a government cannot directly create more jobs but isn't it, it the, the government's responsibility to i think government's responsible for for giving the basic things to people like not like electricity running water safety good infrastructure yeah for free yeah well, obviously, there's taxes, right? A lot of these countries, for example, rest of the world has outside of the you know GCC. There's taxes, mm-hmm. which basically is supposed to be supposed to pay the cost for these kind of but amenities. You don't get. you think that countries like America would be better if they subsidized all their healthcare or if they're providing you know basic amenities for life like electricity and running water for everyone for free? Wouldn't that be better? I suppose. I mean, like I never uh, for me. It's, I don't know, having all those Because Jordan Pe- Peterson definitely would disagree. He would say yeah. that's not better. Well, well, I don't agree with everything Jordan Peterson says, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe in a, in a completely free market society. So I, you're I, a capitalist? Not, not really. I'm more of a, I don't like putting those labels. I like, I think I'm more of a libertarian. Okay. That's so you pro- think that the government should essentially fingers off, stay out? Yeah, I don't like government intervention. These are still thoughts I'm formulating, so I don't like to put a, a direct things, but I don't think, I, I like fingers off. I like a free market. I like a free market because then- then so the free market essentially is capitalism. Yes, capitalism. I, but don't you, but mm. I mean, I know a lot of people really, I mean, I see it in my feed all the time, which is capitalism's the devil, capitalism sucks, capitalists are yeah. destroying the world, capitalists should stay mm. out, capitalists are- imperialists and colonialists and capitalism's destroying the economy capitalism's destroying the environment yeah capitalism destroys everything yeah what do you think like what like what would like what's your take on that i don't think any as someone who supports a free market yeah i don't think any system is is without flaw but i think this is the closest thing we got that works Mm. right because the other the other side of it would be for example like communism Right. right, and you mentioned earlier that you had someone on your show who yeah. shared about Dr. socialism and yeah. communism. That was really interesting. He he'd studied. Um, he's a professor at the University of Sharjah who basically specialized in in communist history, Soviet Russia, 
really interesting guy. It was really super because there was a lot of stuff I never, never really explored. Was, so right now, yeah, uh, globally yeah. in America, I just read a a, a headline. You know, there's a, your 30 second sound bites. I read a headline that said 70% of millennials would vote for a socialist government. Mm. And so, and most everyone that I follow, especially here from the region, they are all pro, they're very kind of on the liberal side of mm. pro um, socialism, pro communism, pro subsidies, pro the government taking care of everything mm. and that's their responsibility and that if there's a problem anywhere with anything in society, the government should fix it. I don't so, know. Yeah. I don't know if people have thought that out a hundred percent. It's easy to think that, right? Just let someone else take care of it. Let the government take care of it. But I think, I think there's a lot of things you'll be giving up in return. So why don't you think a government should like, even from that interview, what were some of the things that really stuck out with you or stuck with you about what socialism is because everything that people are, the, the masses are saying is that socialism's good. Mm. But you're saying that it's not? I'm not saying it's good or not. I'm saying that I like a free market system because so, I, li I, I like the market decide. I like, I like, because when you let the market decide, basically you're letting the end user decide, mm. right? I like it basically. For example, if everyone in the world likes to buy fidget spinners, for example, throwing it out there, right? then people are going to make fidget spinners, mm -hmm. right? The, the people are telling the market what they want, right? I, th I like that. Mm. So basically, actually, it gives more power to the end user. So do way. you think that government should then regulate corporations and companies? And do you think that government mm. sh should be regulating all of that? I mean, by, mm. by admission, you said you're a libertarian, yes. which would mean that the answer is should be no. easily no. So no. why are you hesitant to answer because, that? Because I, cause I think then the conversation will go, be, for example, you'd like to, then you'll probably direct into like, what if we look at monopolies, for example, right? If you say that the government should, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to yeah. play three steps ahead of you. Yeah, play, <laughs> play it, plays those steps ahead. So let's say, so I don't believe the government, so I don't think there should be government regulation, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I'm talking as not an expert, right? I'm talking about as a person who has his own ideas, right? So, but you you interviewed an expert on socialism. I interviewed an expert on on, on communist history. Yeah, right. Doctor Bernard Peterson springs from socialism. We didn't, we didn't go to new age. We didn't go to like the the new millennial. Right. We're talking about we're talking about, for example, the Bolsheviks, the rise of communism. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so I mean, whether it's new age or old age, it's the same thoughts. All they did is you know replace the bourgeoisies. I can never say that word. How do you say that word? Bourgeoisie. Thank you. The bourgeois. Yeah, with French. wealthy. Yes. Right. That's all. They just did a. They just did a brand, you know, mm. switch. They just switched the language on they their brand a little bit, rebranded, yeah. and have said that, well, what they did wasn't real socialism. Mm. So, what was he saying about socialism and communism? Uh, so the majority of that conversation was was trying to understand his journey to learning about that. So mm -hmm. that's so it was more about. Most of my podcast is about learning about someone's journey. So when I had Dr. Vernon on, he was telling me about how he went about learning about communism. Mm. For example, he was, I know we're now we're going on a tangent a bit from the from the original topic here, but I think for example, he started off when he when he was in university, he really wanted to learn it. So his, so his teacher sent him into into like Belarus, right, yeah. where there was old archives they had to dig through and no one was speaking English. And that, for me, that was a story that we Great focused story. on. I love, those are the stories I focus on, 
right? But and it, what were some of the kind of <laughs> from that story, some of his insights that impacted you specifically that might have shaped your mm. your view on whether it's socialism or the free market or libertarianism? I don't think my my thoughts on the topic were shaped then. It was more about seeing. It was more about listening to people like, for example, or or more like. Because Jordan Peterson's very, very anti. Yeah. And also, for example, like uh, Dave Rubin and, and the rest, they're all, you know, the the IDW, right? The intellectual yeah, dark, like yeah, they're all very yeah. libertarian, right? For me, th- those are the kind of guys that kind of help me shape my thoughts on what I think today, more than that specific conversation with, with Dr. P- uh, Dr. Vernon. So for me, let's go back to the topic, right? Do I believe the government should be hands-on? No, because I I like I like the market to speak for well, Who's going to take care of this? Who's going to take care of people, period? In what sense? People, what do you mean? Take well, care like, of in what sense? Like who's going to pay for people's education? Who's going to pay for their health care? Who's going to get them well, jobs? Well, for example, the government has to give basic amenities to people, don't you think? There should be infrastructure. There has to be roads. There has to be electricity. There has to be running water, right? And especially when you come from a third world country like me, you realize the lack of that is a problem, mm. right? So when, for example, when you live in a third world country where you don't have running electricity, running water, it's hard it's it, it's because you're trying to you're trying to get the basic of life. You can't focus on growth, right? So those are infrastructure. Yeah. So for example, government has to give you basic infrastructure that has to be there, right? Yeah. For example, then this is where I differ. With, I might differ with Jordan Peterson, right? I don't like, for example, these in, these very high costs of universities, right? Because I because I come from, for example, I come from heavy student debt. I don't necessarily know that Jordan Peterson would be pro well, high like, cost of universities. No, but for example, he's pro no government intervention or no, for example, like when government gives you fully free education, would you count that then as a, uh, would, that, would that be a fully capitalist society? No, it's no. an entitlement. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is- for And example, someone's paying for it and that's yeah. taxed. So th- this is where I kind of, so education itself is a topic that I've been thinking a lot about because I come from- Yeah, a you said of, that you want to get into talking more about education. Yeah, because I, for example, come- from a point is where I have student debt that I mm-hmm. still pay off. It's seven years now I pay off. I don't like that one for me harms a person. Student debt is, is, is harmful. Like for example, a big chunk of my paycheck would go every month mm-hmm. to paying off that, that education. And the reason why I'd like to talk about education is I don't think I should have got my master's degree. I have a master's degree. I don't think I needed it. I did it because society wanted me to. Has it benefited you? <laughs> we had this whole conversation about it. You say you did. I say not really. I was not, I don't know if I said specifically that your master's degree benefited you. It's the experience of it. But I was saying that different disciplines yes. of thought are able to create new things when mm. we go into different industries. Yeah. So, But, but there's different ways to get those disciplines sure, of thought. 100%. So for me, it was my master's degree was in marketing. And then I went to media where I kind of had to relearn digital. I never learned digital in my master's. Right, which also goes back to our conversation where you said, wouldn't it be great if they had a school for entrepreneurship and almost to undermine the point that I probably made on the episode, <laughs> which I, I then said this, and was like, well, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? But yeah, but then I then I, I agree with your point. Yeah, you point. agree on that. Yeah, I agree yeah, on your point. Fully. Yeah, but for me, for example, me having a $30,000 student mm-hmm. loan for a degree that I didn't need, but it's my fault. Like again, I should have never pursued it. Right. But that, but that student debt, the idea of student debt is, is it really crippled me. So don't you think that the government should then help you out of that? Is it that, Mm. is, is it their responsibility? No, it's not. It was my choice. I have to bear the responsibility of my choice. Mm. 
I should not have let societal impact affect me to get a master's degree and put me into debt. But is so so then here's I an, didn't I didn't study my future properly. So then shouldn't shouldn't in my case shouldn't the market be sued, capitalism be sued for for essentially marketing to you a product that wasn't what it really was, right? Because in some ways, way. society, the, the market, capitalism is mm. saying, go and get this degree. I think I think we have to realize that we are evolving as humans and these kind of degrees don't need that much of importance anymore to the point that it can actually affect someone's life. That's my point. That's mm. where, that's where I kind of go. Where for so example, you're not blaming the education no. system for providing it, or no, they provided a service. You're not blaming society. I, they provided a service. I chose to go after that service. Right, yeah. that service might not have, might have helped me, might not have helped me. I had to pay for that service. I chose to do it. Mm. Right, that's all my choice. Like again, it comes back to me. It was my fault. Yeah. Right, but should society? Do I think society should put an importance on? in some industries on specific education degrees to the point is that it becomes almost a stigma if you don't get it? No, I don't think that. But that's not, that has nothing to, well, I mean, everything has, it's all mm. interrelated. It's all connected. So, but that's not a, necessarily a direct byproduct of capitalism, even though it might be a byproduct of the marketing of those universities yes. where they're, yes. obviously they're making, like people got to eat, yeah. right? And it's, it's obviously it's, a, a good reflection you, of the of how good of a marketing those universities have done over the last 100, 200, 300 years to ingrain it so much into society that has become a stigma not to get it. 150 years ago, that sheet of paper, one, cost a lot less and was worth yeah. a lot more. Yes. 100%. But today, with because before we weren't in the information age, yes. now we are. In so the let, let's explore age. a topic. Uh, this is this is this might be actually kind of fun. If that's okay, is if for example universities like Cambridge and Harvard, these ones that have, have been around for so long and probably have been the forefront of ingraining the importance or the like in air quotes right the 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 mandatory need for higher education. They've done a great marketing job over the last yeah. hundred years to the point is that where society will look down upon you if you don't do it right does that is that should that have been monitored by the government should that have been limited because of the societal impacts or should in or should it have been completely let to what it is today that's well, like, that'll be an interesting topic that's an interesting topic i think part of it it goes back to what you said earlier where societal pressure mm. right so it part of it's yet yeah, brand marketing but part of it is the ratchet of that the education complex mm. where it's ratcheting and it's, it's a societal thing that's coming to a head, it would seem. Yeah. Um, across capitalism would dictate they've done a good job. Right. Well, so then here's an interesting thing. That, that's what that's an interesting. I'm, I'm learning well, as we go this here. Is this, and I did an episode on this uh, a, a while ago that um, it was actually Darwinistic ideologies, mm -hmm. which was, it started with, natural selection mm -hmm. which then was adopted by social darwinism mm -hmm. which is survival of the fittest yes for survival of the fittest then became uh laissez-faire uh capitalism free which free market but uninhibited was that Keynes? uh it was uh was it Keynes or the other head? no it's herbert yeah okay it was herbert spencer i believe is his name okay who was 
who took those ideas from Darwin, created social Darwinism, Darwinism, which led to the Nazi party, which led to eugenics, which mm. led to the destruction of the environment. And so really where the free market and capitalism went wrong was that it actually adopted Darwinistic ideologies mm. of the survival of the fittest, which was then, well, if the rainforest dies, it's because we are fitter than the rainforest. Okay. Not direct, but that the ideology, that program is running in our minds, which then leads to that. I want to ask you a question. All right. I would love to get your thoughts on this. It's always a conversation I like that with people. Pandas, right? Pandas have been naturally selected to die out, but have been kept alive because of humans. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know much about pandas, right? For example, pandas, when they have babies. You know more than me, apparently. Uh, I, this topic really, really <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Very fascinating. Right? So pandas eat their young always to the point is that humans move the young away from the parents mm -hmm. run pandas don't like to mate they are forced to mate by humans pandas have now evolved to eat bamboo which has no nutrition to them humans force them to eat something else so nature because we're talking about survival fittest nature has chosen this animal to die right through evolution it's being kept alive by humanity mm -hmm. in this case should we let nature run its course or do we need the intervention? Because what we're doing is intervening. What do you think? I think it's an interesting question going off. Uh, the, before I answer your question, I would say um, I, I see the evidence for microevolution. Okay. There is not substantial evidence for macroevolution. Okay. Which then leads to right survival of the fittest actually wasn't darwin's idea it was natural selection yeah so just keeping those two yeah. clear i don't i think darwin did the world a great disservice okay so i think so laying that out okay. to then answer your question i think is a brilliant question um i love this topic because that goes to another tangent which is the diffusion of innovation mm -hmm. of how do ideas innovate or how do innovative ideas, whether it's thought processes or actual products, um, move through the market and how does that then affect the market? And oftentimes, right, the, the society, the globe, economics, they're highly, highly, highly complex systems. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand that when we introduce something new into that complex system, that system drastically changes. And 100%. oftentimes we don't see how it will change in the future. Yes. And so many times people have introduced products into mm -hmm. a highly complex system. And um, like years ago, probably hundred years ago, um, people introduced the, the steel ax head into the Aborigines mm -hmm. back in Australia. And unbeknownst to them, the ax head was this, had this kind of a big symbolic you know, symbol of power and all this other stuff. They introduced the steel axe head. And next thing you know, prostitution is shooting through the roof because they introduced an axe head into society. That's kind of like uh, the old movie, the, the Gods. Butterfly effect? No, the, oh, God. the Gods must be crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A Coke bottle changed a complete fabric of society for a tribe. Absolutely. Yeah. One, one glass thing. One, yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, that's what I, I think a lot about that. I think about how systems are highly complex. 
And when 100%. we introduce new ideas like Darwinism, they might expound into something completely that it, we'd never for, for, foresaw. Right. Which, which really, you know, a lot of people are complaining about, you know, well, who's destroying the environment or whatever. Mm. We, that's a whole nother argument about. It's a lot more complex. What really is happening yeah. in the environment what, and what we should really do about it, even economically, where should we put resources? All that to say, I don't have an answer to your question. About pandas? About pandas. I think it's fascinating because part is like, well, yeah, let's, I mean. Because we, we like to keep them alive because they're cute. Right. We realize we like to keep things alive. They're cute. For example, there was a, there was a, I was during the same time of this, there was a kind of condor or vulture that went extinct because no one cared about it because it wasn't cute. Which goes back to marketing. <laughs> that, that's, that's where it all kind of ties right? in. It all goes back to. Do we to, keep the panda alive or do we let nature take its course? That's a great question. I, I, I love, I love I, this question. I, and the thing that I'm thinking about and the reason I can't answer it is like, well, what are the, the, the butterfly effect of whether keeping that alive or quote unquote letting nature take its yeah. course? And uh, what is our responsibility as people who should care for the environment, mm. caretakers of the but earth? Do, do you think human beings as, you know, as an intellectual species, right, as having, as having, that, as having that thought of we, we can affect our environment positive and negative, do you think we are, we are the caretakers of nature? I think... Uh, <laughs> And again, this is like language is so gray and loose and meaning of caretakers of nature. I think. Do you think we should take the steps? Should we? Yeah, you're right. Language is a tough right, one here. Because being a caretaker of nature can mean a lot of different things 100%. to a lot of different it's people. It's very subjective. It's very subjective. I think the way that I would say it is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this into like a relevant language. I have language for it, but I know yeah, it's yeah. not going to translate. I'm trying to transition to a topic I would love to get your thought on. Um. I, th how about you transition? I don't know. I don't know how the to. The reason I'm asking that is yeah. I'd love to get your thought on hunting. Oh, hunting's great. Okay, cool. You're pro hunting. Oh yeah. Oh, so am I. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't think that you should be killing elephants and chopping their hear, tusks off. Yeah. hundred. No, that's horrible. Um, uh, that's called poaching, yeah. not hunting. Yeah. But I wish that I was a hunter. Same. I wish I lived in a society where I could hunt and not have to eat factory farm food. Oh, I think hunt hunting's great. I, I'm, and people I'm who are like against. Um, I actually have, yeah. I've I've killed some goats before. Okay. Hunted in Bow? Hawaii. Uh no, rifle. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I used to hunt birds in the mountains of Lebanon. And that for me was I did it at a younger age, and that for me was a great learning experience that you you you've now taken you've now you've killed an animal for sustenance, and then my dad taught me how to clean it my own self. So I had to take accountability yeah. for it. Right. This is an animal you killed. That means totally. you, you have to clean it, you have to defeather it, you have to gut it, you have to cook it. Totally. That for me was a great lesson. That for me, hunting, I've always been very pro-hunting. And I think the reason I'm asking is just because hunting recently has been getting a lot of controversy. So why do you think it's been getting that controversy though? Mm -hmm. Because there's also a lot of lack of education and lack of knowledge. And also the media shows hunting differently. The media. When you show it. So, okay, you wait, so okay. next question. Why is the media showing that differently? Because I guess, I don't know, media has an agenda. What is the media's agenda? Um, you don't have to guess at that. We all know what it is. Oh, God. No, what's the media's agenda? Why? There's, there's why you think? Agendas. Why do you think they would be doing that and targeting that? What to support factory farming? I think there's a lot of agendas. There's a lot of lobbyists that influence media, right? I think. I think it's all. It all goes back to their 
it's all going back to what we were talking about, which is control. Okay. Because if you can control, because it's all going back to gun control, Mm. because a lot of these conversations are really happening in the West. It's going back to gun control. It's going back to, um, you know, liberal ideologies. It's going back to the government being Mm -hmm. able to control society. It's going back to introducing carbon credits True. And carbon taxes to the society, another way to tax taxation without representation. So do you think do you think it's an overall plan of control? It's it's why or do you think it's they're just why playing the religion the of the environment is now so big? It's a religion. Mm. So do you actually think global warming is a religion? Sure. Do you think though there it's an actual overall plan? Oh yeah. Or do you think there it was or, hatched hundreds of years th- ago? Or do you think it's just ABC News, for example, whatever news net- network, right? Just playing to the masses. No, it's, it is a, I think it's a, it's like, they know what they're doing. Okay. The, these, no, the I'm people, not, the not, people not, who I'm run these organizations, they know the power of propaganda. hundred percent. No, but I'm saying, are you, are you, we're not talking about conspiracy, like an overall global conspiracy here. No. Okay, cool. No, I'm not talking about conspiracy theory. I'm talking about, I'm talking about what we're going back to before socialism, communism, sure taking responsibility and we even mentioned it on your podcast about delaying adolescence like yes. extending that why so that people don't take responsibility become victims they're relying on the government why so the government have more power mm. why like why is the why is the gay agenda such a big thing in America right now because it's it's because it has like it's they're playing to the masses, right? They're playing to the masses. Right now, the, and left, the left has a huge voice right now, and they're everyone's just playing. It's a to power it. grab. Yeah, it's a they they want power for sure. I think I think and that, and they want big government and they want socialism. I think so I, I I I like to I'm not I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I just kind of like to look at I kind of always like to look at different parts of it. I kind of also think about it might just be simpler than that. No, I think they just want ratings. No, I think. I think there is there is a you know that top five or ten percent who know what's going on. No, I'm totally with you. I'd like who to, have, like they're like think like there new, are think tanks. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about new world <laughs> order. I'm talking about there are think tanks that are paid people who are paid hundreds of millions of dollars to strategize in architect society. Mm. Yeah, and then there's people who are then bought into the propaganda who aren't thinking, who think you're like, oh, it's just this is just what we do. No, I don't. I, I don't disagree with you. I just always like to look at it as I always like to always challenge my own thought. Is am I thinking about it too, too grand? Is it just much simpler? That's always like you know. I like to challenge. Yeah. Is, it, is it just simply a new station that wants to get ratings because they just want money? And because right now the agenda, the 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 in the U.S. Let's take the U.S. for example. It's very left is very loud, and we want the mass to agree with us. And if we don't agree with them, then they, we will be. Yeah, is it part of like the thirty second clickbait? You know, yeah. complex. So is, is, is it just is it that simple? Is it just because we want to make money? Uh, TV TV ratings are down. We need to find ways to make money. Let's just keep pushing this agenda because it's working th- right now. I think that probably plays into it but mm. i think that's kind of like the third tier okay i would mike i would say well where does where where did it all kind of spring from what was the mm. strategist right there's political strategists sure, like sure. societal like they're strategizing of how to hopefully everyone you know 
better society. Some are thinking like, well, if we have more control, we're a better society. Yeah. Look at those awesome conspiracies because I love conspiracy theories. Oh, you do? But I could, but I could go out a tunnel. Oh my. We'll have a whole episode of that. See, so, I sometimes get accused of liking conspiracy theories. And, but I'm like, <laughs> like, but wait, I'm not talking about a cons- like a conspiracy theory to me is like, but it's on the bo- they didn't land on the moon. I'm no, like, but like, but like you are, you are on that line. Well, the reason, you know I mean? the reason you that people go into that right. conspiracy theory world, but it's not because you look at history and you say, well, yeah. wait, that's what happened in the USSR. Yeah. Wait, look at Venezuela. Wait. Oh, look at Cuba. Like it's not, it's, it's a conspiracy theory. If you're like. Did you know that, you know, this, this, this politician has killed this many people? And did you know that, you know, we never went to the moon? And do you know that this woman's, you know, actually a man? Like, those are conspiracy theories. But when you're talking about, like, historically documented propaganda pushes that have led to the destruction. I mean, look at Cambodia, like, destructions of hundreds of of millions of people globally mm. when you look at North Korea like you see where those ideologies for sure end up and when people are pushing those it goes way out of conspiracy no, saying, and it moves I'm, I'm, into the well in the land of but, fact I know but you but like I'm saying you can easily cross into that new world order conspiracy we can go down a rabbit hole for days right I mean you but people, about the Rockefellers we could go into those rabbit holes the yeah, Rothschilds and, and, and for sure there's people who are are influencing and controlling you know for the better, like those people who have billions of dollars, they are the ones that are driving industry. And it's actually capitalism that has brought hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. Sure. The free market has helped hundreds of millions. So, and I can see how people are like, oh, want new world order. I'm like, okay, well, what branding brought that about? That's liberal branding sure. that brought this about of like, oh, there's this new world order. I guess there's conservative branding too that would say that too, right? Well, don't forget, there's just, just new names, right? You had the Illuminati branding for going on for a while. And just, right. And, there's always branding of a and there society is, that's controlling the Right, and the when you talk about strings. like the Illuminati or you talk about the Freemasons, just, those, that's just a, a form of white, like Western white magic. Did you, there's a good TEDx video, five minute about the Illuminati. I just watched it. It was really interesting. Really? It talks about the history of the Illuminati. It's quite interesting. So yeah, I I'm, mean, just, I'm saying I, let's not go into conspiracy because I could, I love like, I think it's naturally you like to have talk about conspiracy like I love to talk about it. Yeah, it's yeah. just fun. It is fun. It's so much fun. It, I try to do, stay away from do, like because I do have thoughts and opinions, but like I don't think. Do you think Jeffrey Epstein killed himself? I have not done. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have not done the research, <laughs> but I re- recently read some. See, I I am I am a headline reader. I recently read headlines that said it yeah. looks like he didn't. <laughs> It's just because like, I was just, it's just a fun topic. Um, we, we went on a point we're talking about there's this, this all kind of started from a point we're talking about. It all started, I think, when I was asking you, hunting. Hard, we're talking about hunting. Hunting. Here's here's where we get back. To. I'll give you an example. This one always drives me crazy. There was a giraffe a couple months ago, maybe a year ago, that was an old bull, right? And this old bull giraffe who was who, who could not mate anymore, he could not procreate, right? And he started killing the younger giraffes. Right, because he doesn't want them to come and take away his his mating opportunities, and they had to put it down because they have to let nature continue. The amount of amount of anger coming from the left about that was 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 ridiculous because people were thinking, "Oh my God, you killed a giraffe, and it's a beautiful creature, and all that. You shouldn't kill it." Be like, "Yeah, you understand that he stopped a whole community of giraffes growing because 
of his, you know, of, of like the way he is. So he had to be put down for more giraffes to be able to grow. Right. And I think this, this, this one specific case, I'm like, you guys just don't know the details. Right. We love to always think about animals in a Disney movie and we don't realize that there's a whole nature out there. I recently was, I was recently interviewed in my own podcast. Yeah. And uh, we talked about um, the bald eagle mm. in America and how if you kill a bald eagle or destroy one of its eggs, you'll go to jail. And if you repeat it's a offended, of the country, man. it's a, well, it's also an endangered species. Yeah. You get up to like a $250,000 fine. Yeah, it's crazy. But the irony is that if you kill a baby in the mother's womb, it's fine. Well, now you have late term abortions right now, some states. Yeah. We're talking about nine months. Yeah. And and if you look at it, like, what's like, I, I recently knew the stat, but it's like six weeks in, the baby has brain waves and oh, a yeah. heartbeat, right? So, so the thing with just this story of the giraffe, it's like, well, those same people, like are so concerned and that's where I think it, it seems that it's an illogical emotional trigger and response where that logic isn't being congruently played out in their worldview which then makes it me say like okay well this isn't based on logic this isn't based on reason no it's emotion this is based on emotion it's Bambi which is based off of people who have wound them up for to to get a certain gain and a certain agenda, I think out there. I think we I think you can blame Bambi. Yeah, for me that's what it is, right? Right, just just like you can blame like like Robin Hood, one of the worst worst movies <laughs> ever made. Which the cartoon with the well, fox? I love I love I love I love it, but really the storyline is propaganda. Oh yeah, it's full it's fully propaganda to yeah. say take from the people who are building economies who are providing employment, take from them and just give handouts to other people. Well, right? people it's we're, the, we're it's serfs, right? So the they, basi- they, well, it's a basic of, of, yeah. of socialistic ideology. Yeah. It was a, what was it, a fiefdom or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I so, Yeah, serfdom. Serfdom, fiefdom? Fe- feudalism. Yeah. Yeah, feudalism. Right, so, but you're right, it's that, that ideology yeah. in there of take from the people who... Right, because now it's been played out in like Robin Hood, take from the rich and like redistribute wealth to the poor. Like it's like that same ideology mm. and it's the power of story to stick in people's minds to yeah. then get triggered to lead to your yeah. outcome, which is which is a powerful thing when you think of, well, I want to shape the world for good. How can I tell a story mm. that actually drives people to a positive result in a positive ratchet not one of control mm. but one of freedom yeah interesting topic here's, like, a, here's another like here's, that, an, yeah. here's an interesting question let's go if you had the ability to to abort Hitler in I, the I womb like <laughs> would you I know my answer I know I think, my I think about this a lot. I don't know why. I think about these topics all the time. There's so many things that could happen, right? So, for example, you abort Hitler. Hitler doesn't exist. There's no World War II, right? For Let's take it this way. Will, does that mean, but then everything's a butterfly effect. What would be the world today, mm-hmm. right? I like my life today, 
right? I like where I am today. Yeah. W- what if that happened? I would not be born. For example, you know what I mean? So, the, or for example, the world being a whole, the completely different place. What if there's more wars? So when I think, I don't know how to answer that. Ideally, the, the, the quick answer is yes. The quick answer. You would. You'd the quick you'd answer. kill him. The quick answer is because you, I'm saying the quick answer for the average person would be yes. Because you want to stop horrific things being done. I but he th- hasn't done it yet. But will. But the thing is, that's where, that's where we go down. Will, will different timelines happen? Right. This this is this is where my Marvel DC universe takes into play, and we go well, into different multiverses. This is, multiverses, this is right? a minority report. Yes. So now that it goes into the world of AI. If but they, then if you killed him, what would be the new timeline of the world? Because you've changed the world. Right. Right. So you 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 basically have changed. You've created a different timeline of history. That's not the same one of today. Correct. Right. That timeline you can't even fathom it. Correct. So would you kill him? My answer is no. Right. Right. Because I would create a whole different timeline of history. I would say no, but I think for entirely different okay. reasons. I would say no because I still believe in free will. Mm. And it's like if there's some AI that says, you know, rolls up on you as you leave here and says, you know, Hussam's going to be the next whatever. And all of a sudden, like, you're arrested and thrown in jail. Yeah. You haven't done anything yet. They're like, yeah, but you. Will. Will. But, but I think, haven't. But think about it that way. That will probably, here's, oh, I love these conversations. Right, so right. so, so but that you, might be the self-fulfilling prophecy. So when you get out of there, you're going to do it. Right. So then, so then I say, okay, if I have a congruent, uh, I, uh, to be congruent in my worldview, I believe in the value of life. Sure. The value of that child's life, realizing that child hasn't done anything is innocent. That child has still has to make those sure. choices and something else could intervene in his life. So that he does sure. not make those 100%. choices, I would say absolutely 100%. The, people, the, no. the reason I said most people say yes is because they take everything as static. Right? Yeah. That's how people will approach it. But then everything is going to be exactly the same. And me taking out this so element here's this, would here's stop. This. If, if everything remained the same, you just take him. The world that we live in today is just as it is, if not better, because so of that. Ceteris paribus, all things equal. What yeah. You're saying? All things equal and better if you if you killed against that child's that baby's will if you killed that baby because mm. now here what's the early question is what's more valuable how many hundred million people tw- ten how many people in World War one and two well two two he's two is two yeah it's two how many I don't know it's like upwards of twenty million. 85, 85 million people in World War II or you taking one life? You're taking, it's like, maybe the baby's born and he's a toddler. He's yeah. two years old. Are you going, you you know that this person will be responsible for 85 million people's deaths. Are you going to take that life? No. Now. No. I, Hassan, cannot take a, yeah. a little child's life. It will go against my entire fabric of who I am. Right. But I'm telling you, when, when you were asking me where I said yes, I said, if you ask the average yeah, person, yeah, they yeah, take yeah, everything yeah. static. I, I, I always look at it as, if you do that, you've changed history. Uh, totally. We could then, you could then, you know I mean, I, I look at, because I'm a comic guy, I look at things through comics. I, look, I think about multiverses, timelines, right? Yeah. So, what if I, so you remove this person, you don't know, you've now created a whole alternate universe. Yeah. That could be a lot worse. And we can get into political, I think you, this is a safe political implication even the removal of Saddam Hussein. Mm. 
right? Would have changed the entire fabric of the area. That that led to a strong man being removed from the area, and all of a sudden ISIS comes. Yeah, a vacuum. A vacuum. So I mean that like right there is fat like yeah. a fascinating point to that comic thing. Like you you take away the villain villain and like what comes in its place. Yeah, because what if Hitler was born? But the but then the 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 repercussions of World War One were not that bad and did not cripple the German nation. Would he have still been Hitler? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a that's a more interesting question. That would I'd like to ask. Right. Because was it the Treaty of Versailles? That was it. World War One. I? I believe so. Uh, yeah. Treaty of Versailles crippled the entire country to the point is that Hitler grew up in a country that was crippled and where with some some religions were doing better and he created that hate. Right. And that yeah. paranoia towards that. If the Treaty of Versailles wasn't as bad. Mm. And the German people were living fine after World War One. Would he have still become Hitler? Was he naturally? Was he always going to be that guy? And that goes. And that goes all the way back to free will versus fate and destiny, mm. which is a lot of what we talk about here on the show. Do you believe in destiny? Uh, so that's a great question. On, I've often articulated it is that right? Even my solo shows, it's Weaver and Loom, where destiny is woven. The catch-22 is, I'm saying that you have the power to weave your destiny. Okay. Which, even to your story, you realize that I am a powerful agent of change in my life. I have the responsibility to make and take those choices. But then I believe that destiny already has been woven. That Like, whenever you look at a weaver and a loom in folklore and story mythology, it's always representing fate. That there's someone... A power gods, the the three ladies who are the With weavers. The one eye. Yeah. Yeah. Who are weaving fate. Right? They decide who's cut off, who's woven. I know from the Disney Hercules movie. Yeah, exactly. I love that movie. Right. And so you look at the tapestry and like, okay, that's all of our heritage, our lineage, and we are just a couple threads yeah. in that tapestry. And so the weaver in the loom or fate, it's you know, it's this thing that's been woven by the gods. Yeah. By God, but do you know why I don't like it when when I when I when I because I think we talked about this before as well, is that when you say destiny's fate, people use it as excuse to not be accountable. So, so and that's exactly. my problem. That's my problem. So this is where I see, I especially in uh, our region and our completely. world and our society, yeah. which is why I talk, which is why I talk about mm-hmm. it because so many be- believe it's not just here; it's in the West. So many people are fatalistic. Yeah, so many people are fatalistic, which is well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I did that because I'm a Sagittarius. No, you did that because you're not a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. Be accountable for who you are. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the stars. And so you realize that, yeah, nothing to do with the stars, (laughs) but there, but your story has actually, your, the potential of your story, who you could be, Mm -hmm. your, is written in you. And that I believe Mm -hmm. with- Like genetically? I not only genetically, but there's that like the new soul? there's that new coding. There's the soul. There's like, you know, you look from Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hour book where like the the month that someone's born, mm. you know, creates whether someone's actually statistically likely to become a hockey player or not, right? Based okay. on, and you know, you look at Bill Gates, where he was born, the year that he was born. It What's was like Freakonomics. You read Freakonomics. Uh, I've not read it, but it's very similar. Yeah. So it's like there are some of these things that play into the, our ability to reach who we mm. are. So, so it's it's this belief that outside of our nature, outside of our environment, that outside of that outside of 
so in a vacuum, you'd still end up being that person because of naturally who you are outside of your environment? Well, yeah, I'm getting my wires crossed yeah. right now. But so it's that there is a destiny that was written in you mm-hmm. when you were like conceived that this is your story, who you can be, but you have the ability to step into it mm-hmm. or not step into it. Yeah. That you are an agent of change. Like you were living one narrative of mm. depressed, blaming everyone victim. And then you hit rock bottom and you said, no, I'm actually a powerful agent of change. But you can't necessarily change who you are in that Don't it is impossible for you to pick up a basketball today and decide to become the next greatest NBA player. Yeah. Right. So there's some things that you like you will not ever be able to do, but there's a range um, of, hmm. of possibilities yeah. and capabilities based on your your skill set, your where you're born, like all those things mm. that play into the path that could be written. And I believe that there is everyone's born with purpose and destiny and meaning in mm. their life, even if it's just, you know, inherent of the meaning and the value of of, of being a person. And so it's it's really this catch twenty two that I talk about. It's like a play on words to say like you can weave your destiny. It's like, well, actually you can't. But hey, you can actually choose to step into it. Mm. Yeah, I get well, I get it. For me, it's, there's a lot of things I was not naturally able to do, but I got myself to do it. So I don't know if I was, like, for example, like we talked about empathy. I don't think I was naturally empathetic. Right. Totally. I work on that every day. Right. So I've become empathetic. But you were born, but was every, born everyone's with, with born a, to be an empathetic, like, like the fullness of the human expression. Not everyone's born. You have serial killers who never had them, who are born without empathy. Like there's no way you could teach them empathy. Yeah. True. Yeah, you know what I mean? But that's also, you could, you that's could a, say, that's, that's an extreme. That's a disorder. Hmm. Right. There's something that's like, they have a, like disorder. Something's missing. Yeah. A lot of them, for example, have something in their brain that doesn't uh, trigger remorse. Right. Something like that. A lot of them, like, like uh, Dahmer and, uh, and the son of Sam, all the, really interesting. But I don't know. For, for me, it's, it's I, like, it's, a, it's almost like reaching, like, are you, like, there's a, a potential like, what, that you what, what are have, able to reach. What if Michael Jordan made a better football player? Yeah, that's a great question. No. But, but people don't realize that he put a lot of work into basketball. Oh. Larry yeah. Bird used to take 10,000, was it? Yeah, yeah, 10,000. 10, shots a day or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Would he Was he naturally born to be a basketball player? Or was he naturally born to be physically dedicated to a sport and he could have done any sport? That's a great question. Yeah. Michael yeah, I mean, Jordan tried to play baseball. Didn't work out oh, so well. that was really bad. But I love baseball. <laughs> but, um... But so I think that it's more of saying like there is a potential. You have like potential energy versus kinetic mm-hmm. energy. And we were all born with an enormous amount of potential energy. Mm-hmm. And it is our responsibility to convert that into kinetic energy, which is that movement. Mm-hmm. But if it remains potential, then it remains potential. And I think there, I don't think there is maybe one singular path. I think that we have free will and we have choice, but within that, I do believe in divine intervention mm. in our in our free will. Okay, interesting. It's much more complex. It's a very complex lens. Yeah, it's not it's not one that I've chosen to explore as much as I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's something you've explored, obviously. For me, is I just, I'm I'm still exploring my circle. Explain. Right? I'm I'm exploring my capacity empathy i'm exploring my accountability that's so i've been kind of really focused on that and i've not there's a lot of topics i've been wanting to explore more i love that mentally 
Yeah, I think too. It, it's too easy. This is what I I find that you know it's so easy to blame everything else. Yeah, it's the easiest thing. To it's do. so easy to it's blame. The easiest thing to do. Right, and so once we begin, like you have to begin to take responsibility mm-hmm. and have a hundred percent accountability, a hundred percent responsibility. And once you move into that place, then you can also realize that there are other forces also mm. acting in the world that are divinely woven into True. your life. Yeah. The only thing I realized, I think most people need to realize, once you really take accountability of your own life mm. and you improve yourself, you don't realize how much impact it does to people around you. Massive. More than, more than you sitting there and pointing things out wrong with people and you're trying to impact them, the moment you work on yourself, the amount of things you see around you, things I see within my, 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 fa- my siblings, my wife, my friends, by them just seeing me do something, it's, they've now are working on something that's going to be positive Challenges for them. them. yeah. Right? That's one of the things in, in, in uh, Jordan Peterson says that, for example, he said in an interview, he goes, you'll be surprised when, you, when one person in the house, let's say imagine a house where no one makes their bed, Right? If one person decides to make their own bed, that would probably have a atomic destruction in the house. That has nothing to do with making the bed. Mm. So even, you know what I mean? Because then you make people feel bad about themselves. Because you're disrupting the homeostasis of the culture. 100%. But it also works in a positive way too. Yeah. I mean, for example, like me working on myself, I've seen people around me now who have improved themselves by just, but, and I, I don't like show off what I do. I just do it. And then they've watched my changes in life. So I, you know, I talk, you know, Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by change makers. There so you I go. talk about us being change makers yeah. and the, you know, it's courage to own our story, freedom to own our craft, power to own mm. the future, right? So these very relevant topics that we talk about here on the podcast, but really, even though it's this big abstract thing, I'm like, I want to change the world. It's really change goes yourself. back to change yourself and realize that everyone is a powerful change agent in this highly complex system called yeah. life. Yeah. And that when you do small things like making your bed, yeah. like taking responsibility for yourself without you having to go to like your wife or your brother or your sister or your whoever mm. and say, you need to do this too. Going and pointing the finger at someone well, else saying, never works. you need to do this too. Like never that works. is not never how works. change happens. No person will accept that. No. Even but, if it's blatantly true. Right. Yeah. Because of the defenses, be like the defenses People come always up. tell me you're doing this wrong, but I'm, like, I don't, I'm not going to listen to you. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, um, until you move into, in, if as you moved into taking responsibility and you moved out of, you know, ignorance and foolishness into seeking and searching out wisdom and truth, now I bet if your dad came to you and this week down in Abu Dhabi said, hey, I saw a couple things. I think you're doing these things a little bit wrong. You as now having been transformed yeah. into a person that's hungry for truth, hungry for knowledge, hungry for wisdom, hungry for correction, would receive it. 100%. Right? Because I used to be angry when yeah. someone tell me that because I wouldn't want to accept that about myself. Right. So it was more of like anger against myself projected at the other person. Totally. Right? No, totally. I'm not fat. I'm just, I'm bloated. Right? Whatever. Right? For example, <laughs> don't be mean. You're, you're fat shaming me. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Instead of instead of that, because I've accepted who I am, I'll be like, you know what, you're right. I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna improve myself, right? And then you go and do that. Yeah, I think that that's that's something that I also watch. Once you let all that go, you, you can take criticism without getting angry. Yeah, and that, time, that is the de- like that's yeah. the definition of wisdom. Yeah, right. And you know, wisdom 
understanding insight. Yeah. The person that hates wisdom and hates instruction is a fool. Like they yeah. are a fool and they they need to feel the beatings of life for them to wake up. Yeah. But a wise person, mm. someone you felt the beatings of life, yeah. right? But the thing is what you was, woke up, wait, you yeah. woke up and now you began to seek out wisdom. Yes. You become a person that is at least hungry and searching for truth, for wisdom. And now when you're when you encounter correction, you're no longer coming with that critical, loaded, emotional, well, I'm not even gonna listen to that. Mm. You're at least gonna take it and say, okay, where what level of truth 100%. is in that? 100%. You try, you, you're, you're a lot more, you accept these things. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just the thing that as also, like I'll say something, for example, if let's say you are overweight, mm-hmm. but you're perfectly happy. You're perfectly happy. And you don't look, you're, you're truly happy. Then you will never get offended if someone calls you fat, for example. Right? My point is, it always comes down to you. Are you happy with yourself completely? Do but, you care? But do you about, think happiness, I mean, like just, does happiness for, really matter? Yes. So all that matters. I think, well, you know, if someone is morbidly obese. But they're true. Like I'm saying they're truly happy. If this, How do you define exists, happiness? It's subjective. Is it? Yeah. Your happiness is different than my happiness. No, but like, what do you mean by someone's truly happy? Like, are <sighs> they truly happy that they're going to die at 35? They're stoked that I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm morbidly obese, but I'm going to die at 35. I'm, st- I'm happy about that. Well, if you can, I, I, does, that, does a person out there like that exist? I don't know. What, what if you actually find someone right now? He's in front of you. More, he's 600 pounds. He is happy beyond words. He's like, you know what? My, my 30 years in this world has been the happiest possible. If I was thin, I would have been miserable. What are you going to tell him? What can you tell him? You're a fool. But, but what if he doesn't <laughs> care? Because he's so happy. If he's swapping, like, what, but, what else can you, you can't get angry at him, right? I would doing? say, does this person have kids? <laughs> no, no kids, hypothetical. No kids. Single you, guy, 600 you're, pounds. You're, okay, 600 pounds, you're going to die of a heart attack in six months, so you stoked him on that? And he, go, and he goes, you know what? I've My last 30 years have been the greatest, have been amazing. I ate all the food in the world I wanted to. And it's exact. I, I never wanted to move. I was never no, ambitious. I think if you, if you brought that person you, to a clinical psychologist, they would say you actually have a lot of dysfunction in your let's life. Let's psychologists out of this. Let's no, just, no, let's no. Just I'm take bringing, this no, because <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretending that we're being psychologists right now, right? Because I think the thing, this is the thing. So many people confuse pleasure, right? There's gratification with happiness. and happiness. Uh, very true. Right. So many people confuse, right? Because this person pursued pleasure. 600 pounds, more gratification. Short-term pleasure and gratification for thirty years. I'm I'm stoked that I, Sorry. <laughs> I I I followed every impulse and used zero self-discipline to eat every food that I ever wanted unrestrained. They pursued pleasure. They didn't pursue happiness. And whenever this is the thing, whenever you pursue pleasure, you are going to end up the opposite of happy. That's what I'm saying. Is but that, when you pursue yeah. wisdom. When you pursue wisdom, you get happiness, you get long life, yes. and you get rich. Sure. But so many people are pursuing rich. Rich. What do they end up? Depressed. Poor. Poor. Maybe they yeah. are rich and then they're riddled with anxiety that they're going to lose the money. So many people pursue, you know, all. but when you pursue wisdom, just like you have, you then begin to slowly, day in, day out, 
grow into a person that is happy because you're pursuing but, wisdom. But you're not pursuing happiness. Because I, I realized recently is because I delayed gratification. Right. No, I say that's why I told you if this person probably does not exist. I'm the, saying in a, in a, in a, in a, in a yeah, but in, so I think the point that so I'm me, making I, yeah. to your point, to your question, yeah. what I would say is happiness is a byproduct mm -hmm. of choosing wisdom, of choosing discipline, of choosing self-discipline, of choosing pain, of embracing pain. Happiness is a byproduct of embracing pain and mm -hmm. suffering. Okay. I look but at, I so look, many people are running away from pain and suffering because they want to be happy. I think I'm looking at, lately. Something I've been developing as a thought is I th I think happiness is delaying gratification. Yeah, for a long term goal. So I realized, for example, I used to love to eat, right? So if I just eat now because I want to eat now, I'm satisfying a short term happiness, not happiness goal of pleasure. Eating, pleasure. So this is again where language is really important. It's very important because people are mistaking and they're saying. Don't you want, I want to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? Gary V quote. Yeah. Don't you want to be happy? Okay. Well, so many people are pursuing They're They're like, I want to be happy. Yes. So they pursue what, what makes them feel happy in the moment, the pleasure. And that ends that it's really pleasure My, they're pursuing. You're very right. And so, and that's where, I, that's why I, I, I harp on this. That's why I hit this time and mm. time and time again, because, okay. Yeah. Happy, happiness is important. I want people to be happy, but that is a that is the the end of the pursuit yeah. of wisdom. Sure, and that the pursuit of wisdom is, like you said, delayed gratification, self discipline, 100%. embracing suffering. The thing is where where Gary V gets a bit tricky is if you look at him, he actually delayed gratification from his twenties to his and he preaches delayed gratification. He, but the thing is. I think sometimes people skip that part and they go to just the end of him saying, be happy or yes, do what you want. Exactly. But he, they don't, they forget this guy from his twenties to his mid thirties. Even though he reminds them day yeah, in and no, day out. Didn't go out, didn't go party, didn't go to Cabo, didn't whatever. He worked every single day, seven days a week. And now when he's in his fifties or late forties, wherever he is now, he's talking about it, but don't forget that message. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the thing. And, and so that's where I, I, and for me, is the second back to the sorry the gratification. The second mm -hmm. I start delaying gratification, I've also improved my quote unquote happiness. Right, right. Because you stopped pursuing pleasure and I you started pursuing wisdom. Yeah, you literally started like I'm going to learn. Yes, I'm instead of eating food, I'm going to eat knowledge. Yeah, right. And so as you began to learn, you began to pursue wisdom, mm -hmm. knowledge, and that leads to happiness. And so the the thing that you know, if Gary was here, I'm sure he would agree with me, which is that there's maybe there's some loose language that's yes. ill-defined because it really what he's really saying is stop pursuing. And he says, he this, says delay gratification. That's basically yeah, what he says. Stop pursuing short-term pleasures. Yeah. Eat dirt. Is, yeah, but he, for so he 30, 40 years. Hit the clouds. Right. So like stop pursuing short-term pleasures, pursue wisdom, mm. figure out who you are. That's a long, painful process sure. where you have to be completely honest with yourself yeah. and take response, look yourself in the mirror, get 360 feedback so that you can then begin to pursue wisdom well, to well, actually become yeah. a whole happy person. The one thing he says, which I also agree with, he goes, if you like to buy the expensive watches and you like to go party and you like to travel... That's fine. Do that. But don't complain. 
right? Don't complain that you're not a billionaire. Don't complain that you don't have companies around the world. So his his point is always be true to yourself. So that's why I was talking about this more. What do you mean by be true to yourself? Like, like if this, for example, is so you if you if you love to floss, right? You love the six hundred. You have you love fifty thousand dollar watch. This is so. This is where I hate. This is where I hate when people use really bad language. Like, like be true to yourself. No, yeah. be true to yourself. Okay. Because this is what people say. I'm just being honest. Yes. I'm just being true to myself. No, you're not. You're just being mean. No, I don't mean in that sense. I mean, for example, if you got, if you're a person and you really like to floss, right? You love expensive watches. That's your thing, right? To the point is that you buy expensive watches, but then you complain about how you don't have money end of the month. Mm-hmm. My point is be true to yourself. Don't lie. Don't complain about not having money at the end of yourself because you have to be true. You have to be honest to yourself that you are a person who likes to so that's, buy expensive yeah, things. That's, that's, that's the don't thing. Again, it's about bad it. etymology. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's poor. Like people are using poor language because then you see this, those, you know, memes on Instagram or whatever platform you're consuming content on where people say, be true to yourself. I'm a Aries. I'm a Taurus. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I'm a Gemini. That's a joke. Right. But it is a joke, but this is a thing. Communication, yes. it falls on the communicator, not the receiver, mm-hmm. right? And so when we, like, when anyone says, you need to be on the show, you need to be true to yourself, I'm like, well, that, you don't want me to be true to myself. But you're saying that, like, true to myself, I'm naturally a selfish ice person who likes to isolate themselves, who can be pretty grumpy and mean. You want me to be true to myself? Or do you want me to actually say, hmm... I should probably put those things to death. I need to be true to my original design, mm. which then goes back to the thing of fate and like destiny. Who were you created to be? Was I created to be a mean and angry person? No. That's like definitely not living up to my full potential. And it's definitely hurting the relationships around me. That's not who I like. But what if you were created to be? That's not a you, choice. Lucas. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm saying you what, can say me. What, what if yeah, there that's is, fine. Use me as an example. There is a, antithesis of you, right? Like an anti-hero of you who is everything opposite of what you are. Mm-hmm. But that's what that person wanted is, was meant to be or, or woven to be. See, see what I mean? See what I mean? See what I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm going with this? I do know. Like Link and Dark Link, if you know Zelda, right? So yeah. let's say there's a Dark Link, right? Dark Link's goal is destruction. That's his destiny, Right. It's going to be a sad day on the other side of time for Dark Link. For Dark Link. But it's sad to you. No, sad I mean, for I you, mean from it depends your on your religious, your religious viewpoint. No, forget whether religion. You, whether you, but I mean, you can't forget religion. You can't forget. I'm saying, I'm saying for you, you'll, be, you'll look at that person and say you're sad, you're a fool, you're an idiot, right? But that's your perception. No, that's, that's fact. No, can't, you can't, no, you can't say that's fact. No, I can't. I'm challenging you on these. So you're okay. So let's go back to Hitler since we were talking about Hitler. <laughs> let's go back to Hitler. Yeah. Should we celebrate that? No. Was he, was, no. was, was he wrong to kill 85 million people? No, because he's harming others. Right. Yes. When I'm mean, am I harming other people? If you're, if you're just a grumpy person. That doesn't harm others. That, just, how does that not harm others? Room, you sit in a room. How does that not? How does that? How does that not harm? How does that not undermine your marriage? I mean, mean and grumpy to your wife. But your wife married you, knowing you were mean and grumpy. 
Maybe I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm just but trying. Still, I'm but trying does, to, does I'm it tr- not? No, but it's still that you, you're talking about. See now again, you're not being congruent in your worldview. You're saying that you need to take complete responsibility, and you being a mean and grumpy person to your wife is going to, or your husband, or your kids is going to deteriorate and undermine no, your I, relationship. I, I think, yeah. And wait, yeah. so now you're hurting someone. No, but that's what, that's what I'm, I'm trying to paint an imaginary person. I know what you're trying to I'm do. I'm trying to paint, and, and I'm, I'm disagreeing an, with you. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with that person. I'm trying to analyze that person. And I'm disagreeing with the, your your hypothesis analysis. Fair enough. What I'm, I'm saying I'm is that say, that's not that that that. So that is not that person's destiny. I believe because I okay. because I believe in free will. Okay. So I understand because I believe that I'm trying to paint a a, a a person that's unfathomable to us because I don't know if we can even think about I'm, you know I'm trying to paint like a, this thing that doesn't exist and see how we can look at that to see if we can derive something from that lesson. Right, I think, which is hard. It is very hard. That's why I brought it back to Hitler, which makes yeah. it a lot easier. Yeah. Right, but so it's hard to bring in something that's already existing and already existed. I'm trying to create something that hasn't existed. Yeah, my, it, but if there's for an the antithesis... Of, for the sake of seeing there's any value And I've that. seen the antithesis of myself. I've seen, you know... Yeah, so when, I, when I, I was, used to be the antithesis of myself. And so, in, and it goes back to like, be be true to yourself. It's it's saying, I hate I hate that term because what it actually communicates. Yeah. When, when people say you have to be true to yourself, what they then say is, I have an excuse to just be honest when really I'm being rude. I have an excuse mm-hmm. to, well, I'm being true to myself. I'm just always late. That's just who I am. I'm a late person. But is that, that, okay, I understand what you mean. But that's that's no, where no, people take I it. I understand what you mean. And so that's why I say, naturally, you don't, you do not want to be true to yourself. You want to discipline yourself in sure. your life so that you can reach your potential, so that you can fulfill your original design. But who more, you were yeah. designed to be, your the 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 divine expression the God-given creative nature of who you are mm. as a creative individual person, change agent in the world, 100%. that takes discipline to become sure. that person. But most people don't think like us. Which is why you and I are sitting on this and why there's people listening to this <laughs> so that more people can think like this, right? That's, that's what I always tell people is that more, if I could do think. it, I, I go like this, if I could do it, anyone could do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I am some, 100%. I don't think I'm overly, I'm not a special person. I'm an average person who basically, for example, went through life. I'm sure a lot of people have, have gone through stuff I've gone through, right? I didn't have an overtly, I never had a bad childhood. Like, like, like let's say the average, hopefully the average people person did not have a bad childhood, right? Yeah. But I reached to a point, which I'm sure a lot of people reach to. Now, if I could change, anyone could do it. Completely. I don't have anything special in me that makes me not makes me change, but you're not able to change. Completely. So I always tell people that if I could do it, you could do it. Completely. If I could learn empathy, you can learn empathy. Completely. If I could lose weight, you can lose weight. A hundred percent. That's what I tell people. I fully agree the with that. The whole conversation before was I'm trying to I'm trying to picture a person that I can't picture. Which is weird. To, I don't know what's weird the, to say. But the issue is we're trying to picture a human being that isn't human without being. that's not a human <laughs> being and so you know you, you can play in the, the realm of fantasy all you want but then what relevance does it have in the i was trying to see i was trying to see if we could take it to a place that we can derive something from it but we did well i think we did i think we derived that human nature yes we're fallen we're broken and without self-discipline without help without work we are going to slowly 
deteriorate deteriorate into our true self, which is the worst version of ourself. Complete chaos. Yeah, like an Armageddon world. Yeah, like Book of Eli. I mean, you just, I mean, look at. It's easy to look at people's lives, right? Oh, it's easy All of a sudden, they're falling into alcoholism. Next thing you know, they're you know old, lonely, grumpy, cynical, broken relationships, estranged relationships, miserable, mm-hmm. in debt, bankrupt. Like we all like that's like where we tend to, mm. and the that's why there's so much self help and all this other stuff because like people are trying to figure right. it out to to move into their and this is the language that I use original design so that there's clear kind of um, vernacular mm. around really what we're saying because when we're saying be true to yourself it's really saying discover what your original design is discover who you like when you know, Gary V when he says the other day, um, you know, look yourself in the mirror and figure out what you want to do the rest of your life. Now go do that. What he's saying is have some self-awareness, figure out who your, what your original design is. It takes a while to figure that out. It takes a while to discover your purpose, what you were here for, what makes you come alive. Mm. It takes a while and it's hard work, emotional labor to figure that out. And so many people, skip that part and just go, I'm going to be my true self. Because people don't want to go through the process. People want the end result. You have to enjoy the process. You can't just enjoy the end result. Yeah. You have to enjoy the, the grind, right? Like when I was writing every day in my journal and reflecting, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I now enjoy- You have to submit yourself yeah. to the 100%. discipline. Question here. I, I think about this as well quite a bit is, if we all reach the entire population of the world, reaches its true design. Where are we then? What do you mean by where are we? Like, okay, here, here's my point is. I we, understand the, the first half of the question. Okay, here, mean, my, my question goes, if you look at it this way, right? When we look at people who have deteriorated, right? It's, it's I don't, I don't, I don't want to say a reminder, but it's, it kind of, mo- does it motivate us to not want to be like that? So my, my point is, are, are those people necessary for the other's to grow or can we all achieve? You know what I'm trying to say? I, yeah, I think, so here's interesting. What, what's the, uh, karma, let's talk yeah. about karma. Okay. Karma, I think is the stupidest system anyone could ever think of because not everyone can achieve because the way that true karma works, not when, you know, when people say it today, it just means like what you reap, what you'll sow. You, 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 you what you sow, you reap, right? Yeah. So when people, you reap what you sow, yeah. Yeah. Which is like, you know, if you put work in, you get a result. You get a result. That's really probably what most people are saying. But real karma is, if if you killed someone, if if you were, let's say, if you killed someone in a past life, someone will kill you in this life. Someone will. Someone else has to then kill you in this life for you to pay to balance that energy. To balance that energy. Okay. So now, so now you think of about a bunch of players. When one person does something wrong. And it's going to have this cascading effect that can never resolve. Yes. It, it will never resolve. It always is going to tend to chaos yeah. because you have to, in order to make a right, you have to do another wrong. Yes. And therefore, it is an illogical- It's like two negatives to make a positive. Yeah. It's an illogical, broken, destructive thought system uh, okay. that, tends, that tends to people actually not helping other people because it's actually hurting their karma. So if I see someone- Getting if I if I really believe in karma, and I see someone getting robbed, 
I will not help them because if I help them, then the robber won't get robbed. Yes. So then, so then the person that's getting robbed won't get something good back, won't be able to resolve and will actually have to go through more cycles of their regeneration. And you see that played out in cultures across Mm. China. So, so, Mm. and it goes back to say, to your question of like, well, do we need, do we need the negative? No. Do you need the cold to feel, do you need the cold to know what is warmth? No. Okay. That, that's basically what was my question. If you want to take it that. Yeah, yeah, so You yeah. don't think so? No, I don't think so. Okay, fine. But if all you know is warmth, what, how would you know what cold is? Or if, vice versa? You know, I think. Is it all relative? I don't know if it's all relative. I think part of it's. Like, do we need people who are average intellect for people like Stephen Hawking to come out and stick out? If everyone was a Stephen Hawking. I think why why can't everyone be a Stephen Hawking? No, I'm just I'm, I'm not, it's not. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to see even, your thought process. But even on in this. that, people are going to be more than another person will come on top. Well, it's maybe not everyone. It's we have different expressions. Mm-hmm. Like we have different unique. Like your skill set. Like I listen to your pod. Like here's a great example. Listen to your podcast. I'm like crap. I don't know anything about marketing. I'm I'm the worst. I don't know anything about anything. I'm like, I, I don't know any, I, I, I'm such a loser. I'm a fraud, right? Uh, imposter syndrome. Okay. But then I, 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 you know, stopped and realized, wait a minute. He just knows something different. His skills yeah. and expertise are in something different. So you can put that on a line and say, here's Stephen Hawking. Here's the rest of the population. But that's because you're measuring one metric. True. But my question, my only, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to pull out some, some learnings here is if we've all hit. How did this, how did this switch around? How did this switch around? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I that's, that's good. So for example, really my, my point is if we all hit our destiny, what we're meant to be. So now the baseline of the world is what we're everyone meant to be. What's next? It's a ratchet. Hmm. Elaborate. Um, and again, it goes back to, it goes back to really existential, not existential. It we've goes got, back to your world quite existential here. Right. Yeah. And, and this, the reason that we've gone quite existential here is because our entire operating session, our entire worldview actually springs from the, the terminology that I've been using is springs from what we believe and know about the sacred space. Mm-hmm. The sacred space is really another way of saying what do you believe about the origin of the universe? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about fate? What do you believe mm-hmm. about destiny? What do you believe about all that kind of existential stuff? Because that, what we sub deep, deep levels actually believe, not even say that we believe, but actually live out and believe, that thought, as uh, Lao Tzu said, an ancient Chinese philosopher, philosopher said that, Guard your thoughts. Watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your behaviors. Your behaviors become your habits and your habits become your destiny. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's all, oh, this is all going back to is what, what do you believe about the beginning of time and the end of time? Mm-hmm. Where is it all going? Where is it all coming from? That then dictates all of this, the, the, the programs that run in the background, mm. which then 
dictates our actions. Yeah. No, I, I was I was reading the fact is I want everyone to reach their potential. Right. No. So I I'm, want. But I'm saying I'm if, backing up into yeah, the answer. If people, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, I want everyone to fulfill the potential too. So yeah. And so the where you know my worldview and it's very similar to the Islamic worldview, which is that you know there was a garden, there was perfection. And then man fell from that, which you can take. I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about it allegorically. Um, and then, who's well, the devout Christian? So he's 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 full in. Hmm? He's a devout Christian, so he's he's all in about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Uh, he says he is. Does he? Yeah. Because he, he disagrees heavily with Sam Harris. Yeah. On religion. Well, what what I've heard him say was, um, maybe he is a devout Christian. I just I don't know that. But I've heard him say is that when he's asked, do you believe in God? He's like, I don't know how to answer that question because what do you mean by God and what do you mean by belief? And then he goes yeah, on yeah. to say, I order my life and my action as if God exists. Yes. So, yeah. which I find very fascinating answer. He's so brilliant. So I think part of it is where, where do you believe that whole trajectory? So if everyone reached their full potential, I believe then it's there's, it's this upward, upward spiral of continuing into... Mm. Because you're never going to reach your full potential. No, because there's always going to be a higher potential to reach. But my, exactly. I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to say is, do we need people to not reach full potential to make us want to reach ours? No. Yes, that's, that's my question. No, too. because are, then you're saying you're playing a zero-sum game. Yes. And I don't believe we're playing a zero-sum game. That's just my question. I believe that if you are if you win, that I can win too. I agree. And actually, if you win, I'm more likely to win. I don't like people who think that someone else has to lose for me to win. Yeah. Which bothers me. Which goes back to which goes back to what we said earlier that when something great happens, it's probably because of someone else's mm. effort, yeah. right? Because then all of a sudden that frames it in that if all of a sudden, like, imagine if all of a sudden your podcast blew up to ten thousand followers every episode. What would that do to my podcast? It should increase it as well. That that's 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 right. The, yeah. So it's not it's not it's not it's not uh, what's, it's not substitute. It's compliment. Exactly. Yeah. Because then I'm going to get exposure from it, and 100%. vice versa. Hundred percent. So and that's where you know that zero sum game. It's it's just flawed, poverty mentality thinking yeah. that if you have a cookie, I can't have a cookie. I completely agree. I was just I was just trying to see your thought on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that I, I completely agree, and I don't like when people, for example, get very competitive. For example, with podcasts. Oh, someone won't call, like won't help someone else because out of fear. No, it's not how it works, man. And yeah, I mean, for me, I I that's feel just, so that's just blessed. a reflection of your insecurity. Yeah, and I I can feel you know I can I feel that all the time. Yeah, in myself, of that competitive like competitive zero sum game mindset where I get fearful, where I'm like, well, so and so is winning. That means I'm not winning. Well, you think it's our natural setting? Uh, I don't know. I think different people have different settings, right? Because my natural setting too, but I I override it. Right. I I can see myself. It's coming out of comparison, right? So it's coming out of comparison and fear and lack, and so I see I can see that in me, and like you said, override it. I shut those thoughts. I don't entertain those thoughts, right? Lao Tzu or yeah, Lao Tzu. I'm guarding my thoughts. I'm watching my thoughts. I'm not letting that thought run its program yeah. in my mind. And it's like, wait a minute. That's not true. That's not truth. It's going back to what you were saying earlier about how you looked yourself in the mirror and you said everything that was true about yourself. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, wait, 
is that a true, is that a true thought? No, that's coming out of like total fear and poverty mentality. Mm-hmm. And so then I take steps to take action against that because according to cognitive dissonance, right? If you take action, that action will cause that dissonance between your belief and your behavior sure. and your your attitude, which then, then will change your behavior. Sure, 100%. So, yeah, but I, I look back into that and you probably are the same way. Even as you started the podcast with, um, what was the, the, the first guy that you had on your show? Chris Shilton. Yeah, Chris. How he put an inst- extraordinary effort into your show. I look back at mine, I'm like, man, I can think of so many people, some of those first people that I, I asked, like, hey, can I interview you? Super intimidating. Can I interview you? And they're like, yeah. I have z- like zero followers they're like my first episode. I interview them and they're like, oh, wow, this was great. You should talk to this person, this person, this person, this person. Like yeah. yesterday, like today, I just came back from Saudi. Why? Because a year and a half ago, I found someone on Instagram. I got the courage to ask Obeid if I could interview him. Some reason he said yes. And then he connected me with a bunch of other people who now I'm, I've grown in relationship and friendship with, and now I'm spending time with them in Saudi. Mm. And so I look at them like, wow, it was from someone else's generosity that I'm anything or anywhere. And I'm, I know you've experienced the same thing. But it's also, you got to give yourself credit. You do the courage to approach someone. Totally. Most people will not out of fear, out of fear of rejection. Yeah. 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 100%. Totally. Like for example, you know, like Chris was not, was not my friend before that. Like we're friends now. I met Chris as a supplier meeting. He walked in to sell me a product. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I like what you talk about. Let's do a podcast. And that's basically it. That's awesome. And now we're, we're very good friends. Like we're hanging out. Wives are hanging out. You it's amazing. I mean? It's just, it's just, and it's yeah. amazing how that one tiny step yeah. is now, it's effectively now changed yeah. your entire course but it, of but life. Again, it, it started with me. Right, the courage to ask someone, the courage to not let the fear yeah, of rejection yeah. stop me from asking. Oh, completely. Yeah, I complete. It's not. Yeah, it's never to say that you didn't play part in it. Yeah, but yeah, it it's totally us taking responsibility to take. Yeah, courage. I'm saying give yourself credit as well. Fully. Yeah, like the fact is when you have no followers, you got it's, you're starting from scratch and you just go, hey, want, want to try this out with me? Because that person now has to put trust in you for doing yeah. something and doing it well. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. This is great. I don't know how long we've been going for. Two hours. Oh my wow. gosh. That felt like an hour and I really thought, 20. It was, I thought it was three o'clock. Wow, Hussam. Another great podcast, man. That was another great, that was a great, that went so deep. I can't believe we're talking about Hitler, killing Hitler. Killing that Hitler. Awesome. That was awesome. Well, everyone, you know where to find Hussam on, let's take this online podcast, which... I just put your podcast on my show. Appreciate it, man. A few days ago. I actually haven't even checked the stats since then. I've been crazy. Yeah. But um, thank yeah. you so much. No, man, man, thanks for coming for on. Here. Thanks this for coming was on like po- yeah. very, this is great. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. First of all, for you coming on my podcast, accepting the way I do things. I know it's not maybe the way you like to do things. No, no. I, 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 appreciate I was just trying to get interesting content. I was just like, I no, need no, to. No, 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 I love it. I, I. I am working to ask harder questions. No, wa- no, you should. And that's why, so I'm like, you know, this is a safe, this is a safe place where I feel like I can, 
Probably with someone that I know that can ask harder questions, they're not going to get offended. No, not at all. And so uh, I, 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 I thought you got pissed off because I didn't know the name of your podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I liked be, I like being able to uh, um, being able to press you on. No, I like being hard pressed. Questions. I yeah. realize that in my, I, that's the only way I could grow. And for example, for this conversation, I'm, I know I'm going to develop some thoughts Good. of my own line of progression, right? Cool. And so all of these pretty cool questions. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and you, you were awesome enough to come on my podcast. Oh man, I significantly loved it. younger than yours. So I appreciate that. That's a reflection on you. Right. Well, and because I thought like, hey, someone came in on when I had yeah. no episodes. Like, 100%. and even like, you know, you could say, well, mine's significantly younger than yours. It's like mine, like what's a year? What's 12? Yeah, no, what's 52 true. weeks? It's all relative. It's like nothing 100%. compared to anything. So I was stoked to be on your podcast. No, I, I love the episode. Oh, I love it. Um, the content's killing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great episode, and I think this is a great episode, too. 100%. I love, thank you for turning questions around back on me. This was such a fun. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me learn. That's something I always love. Yeah. I learned a ton. Oh, man. Yes, a lot of hard questions. Like, wait, I'm not <laughs> only asking the questions. All right, well, that's all for today's episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Only the Future. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you listened this far if you could do two things for me one share this with a friend two if you are listening to a two-hour episode of this podcast then you need to get my book anchored the discipline to stop drifting available on amazon and the link is right here in the show notes i promise it will not let you down it is a highly actionable book that will help you think of how to not just be busy, but to have a fruitful and productive life around the things that matter to you. Finally, make sure you check out Hussam's content. And remember, I'm Lucas Grobot. You are a change maker. And if you own your story, you will own the future. <laughs>